Bet Saratoga from anywhere this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. Naira Bets players enjoy world-class HD live streaming covering races worldwide, instant replays, exclusive bonuses, and earn points on every bet. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Join today at nyrabets.com and make sure to use promo code SPA to earn your sign-up bonus up to $200. Last week, I said the United States of America was one big, giant toilet bowl. If you were gonna give the United States of America an enema, you'd stick the holes right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Nineteen ninety-seven. Show sure a lot of you remember that promo from the Wrestling with Shadows documentary starring Bret Hart. That happened on Raw this week in ninety-seven. In fact, I think that same night Bret Hart fought the Patriot. And you remember the whole storyline that night? Brett, big time pro Canada, anti USA, basically insults Pittsburgh, and then they play our national anthem. The Patriot is in the ring with his arm on his chest. He's blinking his eyes heavily to try to make it look like he's crying and he's all choked up. And then Bret Hart interrupts the national anthem and attacks the Patriot. Now, wasn't it earlier this year or last year that? A road agent for the WWE was either suspended or fired because they did something during a show that they interrupted our colors. And I think some members of our military or the Knights of Columbus, I don't know who it was, but they really bitched and somebody paid the price for it. Could never do what they did that night on Raw today. What's up, everyone? I am back once again, Season 2, Episode 30, This Week in Wrestling History. This week, we covered a period of July 23rd through July 29th, and believe me, I tell you, I did some big-time research this week and get some gems for you later on. In fact, there was a couple that I wanted to use as the opening for tonight's show, but the problem is, a lot of the gems I think you're going to make the most fuss about run long, so we'll get into them a little bit later. First, I want to open up with 1978. If you are into old-school wrestling, this is one that I know you regret not being able to see. I regret not being able to see. There are, as far as I know, there's no footage of it online. There's other matches between these two online, but if you do a couple of Google searches and check out some message boards, especially um, that one Legends forum where a lot of old school wrestlers uh, visit, a lot of old time fans visit. You look at the Japanese fans that were in attendance at that night that actually speak English and type English. They will tell you one of the greatest matches that they had ever seen at that time. Arguably match of the year candidate. This week in 78, Bob Backlund wrestled Antonio Inoki to a one-hour time limit draw. Best two out of three falls for the WWF championship. And uh, it's they ended... Tied one fall apiece. Now, if you want to see some wonderful work between these two guys, go on YouTube. There's some other matches on there. Obviously not as good as this one, but the buzz that surrounded this match when it went down. And keep in mind, 
This is 1978. Bob Backlund was the WWF champion for a very short period of time. So to hear about this, to read about it, for people back then to say this was an, a, a, a gem of a match. I mean, just a beautiful lot of work. You know, it's too bad that we don't have that footage. I haven't found the footage, and I'm a little surprised there isn't footage for the simple reason that you go on YouTube, there is there are tons and tons of matches from Japan in the 70s, in its entirety. And the one thing about Japan, they kept their, the, the video quality is tremendous for that time. And there, again, there's a couple other Backlund and Oki bouts on YouTube. I haven't found this one. Always wanted to see this one. And if you want a little fun, you want to trigger some Ring of Honor fans especially. Tell them that Bob Backlund and Antonio Inoki inadvertently invented the Canadian Destroyer in 1979. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. You'll see what I'm talking about. They tried to do a move during a match in Japan, and it was a little bit of a botch. And if you watch the botch, it actually looks like the Canadian Destroyer. You got a kick out of it, trust me. 1984, the brawl to end it all. Madison Square Garden, broadcasted live on MTV. Now, here's the deal. The storyline at the time, Cindy Lauper, feuding with Captain Lou Albano. We already know the deal. You remember the promos a couple of weeks ago. It was going to be this night in 84. They were going to air on MTV live. Uh, the brawl that ended all. One match. Only one match aired on TV. Fabulous Moolah versus Wendy Richter for the WWF Women's Championship. Now, Cindy Lauper was getting a tremendous amount of press at this time. And the idea that MTV was going to have this night was they were going to air this match live. Cindy Lauper was in the corner of Wendy Richter. Lou Albano was in the corner of Fabulous Moolah. After the match was over, MTV was going to air the debut of her music video at the time, Shebop. So this was all focused around Cyndi Lauper, but giving, obviously, WWF exposure on MTV for the Rock and Wrestling Connection. So the match went down. I'm not sharing the audio of it because it wasn't all that great. Um, some newspapers, I think, went a little bit over the top shitting on it. They were not happy that MTV was having pro wrestling on their network. Big fucking deal, right? But anyway, for those who were live at the time, they had a full card. Seek over Ron Shaw, Iron Sheik over Tony Gurria, Tito Santana uh, fought Bob Orton Jr. to a draw for the IC title, so the belt did not change hands. Bob Backlund over Paul Vachon. Hulk Hogan, uh, and I'll get back to Backlund in a minute with that match. Hulk Hogan retains the WWF heavyweight title, defeating Greg DeHama Valentine. Antonio Inoki was present that night, and he retained the WWF World Martial Arts title, defeating Charlie Fulton. Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch retain the WWF tag titles, defeating Sergeant Slaughter and Terry Daniels. Blah. Wendy Richter. As I said earlier, with Cindy Lauper in her corner and Dave Wolf, can't forget him, she defeats the fabulous Moolah to win the women's title. Paul Londorf of the Chief J. Strongbow, off over Rene Goulet. Uh, Bob Backlund, as I said earlier, this was his last match in the Garden back then in the WWF. Shortly thereafter, he was gone. 
He went to, I believe, the AWA after this. And then, uh, yeah, because I have that footage on my YouTube channel, that match between him and Zabisco, and they were caught on a live mic talking during their match. And uh, I felt bad for Verengania. I mean, I've talked about it before. If you want to see it, you know, it's from one of my own uh, VHS tapes from wrestling stuff I taped on the news back then. But Backlund, his last match, I think a lot of the fans in MSG knew that he was leaving. Got a really nice ovation from the crowd. He would be gone until he returned in 1992. And that's not the last you'll hear about Backlund tonight on this show. And finally, Antonio Inoki wrestled again as part of a 20-man over-the-top battle royal. And he won it. 1985, Tito Santana. Beats Greg DeHammer Valentine to win the Intercontinental Championship. Why am I mentioning this particular match? Because there's been a lot of title changes over the years. Believe it or not, and I think some people will find this surprisingly. Now, remember, this is 1985. That title change happened in Steel Cage. It is the first time in WWF history that a title change, any title, changed in a Steel Cage. Think about that. Think about all the Bruno matches, Backlund Snooker, Snooker Morocco, all those legendary matches. And now you realize that it wasn't until 1985 that a belt ever changed hands in a cage. 1986, Dusty Rhodes beats Ric Flair in a steel cage to win the NWA heavyweight title. This was Dusty Rhodes' third and final run as the NWA champion. And as I've discussed in the past, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize how short of the reigns that uh, Dusty Rhodes had as champion. He was perfect chasing the title, didn't need the title. This is a good example of it. His third and final run, two weeks long. But... What was great about this is this was the birth, pretty much, of the Great American Bash. I think this might have been the second tour. Now, we all know the Great American Bash is a pay-per-view. Back in 85 and 86, it would be a tour. They actually called it the Great American Bash. It would happen in the summertime, and they would have these big-time cards. They would travel all different areas. This uh, time period, they traveled to Philly, Washington, Tennessee, North Carolina, West Virginia, Cincinnati, Roanoke, Virginia, Jacksonville, Florida, Richmond, Fayetteville, North Carolina, Johnson City, Norfolk, once again, Greensboro, and Atlanta. So now, Ric Flair on this circuit is the NWA heavyweight champion. He retained against Ricky Morton, Ronnie Garvin, Road Warrior Hawk, Robert Gibson, Nikita Koloff, Road Warrior Animal, Wahoo McDaniels, Magnum TA, and then uh, he faced Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes would beat him. No one else did. Now, up until very recent, never really got to see this match at all. WWE Network, not even a month ago, put that on there as a hidden gem. So if you want to watch... The last uh, title win for Dusty Rhodes as the NWA champion. It is available online. I think you'll enjoy it. Now we go to 1987. We're going to spend a few minutes paying tribute to two awesome women. Actually, you know what? Four awesome women in wrestling. I don't give a shit if anybody gets mad that I pay a little tribute to Fabulous Moolah. Okay? Again, if you've heard my rants on other shows in the past, you know the deal. WWF beloves the McMahon family loves, adores Fabulous Moolah. It really eats them up 
they can't celebrate Mula publicly because of all the allegations that are now, you know, unfortunately triggering a lot of people. Look, I'm not going to condone or bash the stuff with Mula. Almost all of us weren't around to witness it. Um, she took a big percentage of people's pay. Well, <laughs> a lot of agents do that. I mean, you know, whatever. But anyway. This week in 87, we had two title changes take place. Well, really one title change and one was crowned the champion. But just to give you a tale of two scenarios, okay? First, we'll talk about Sherry Martel. She made her WWF debut as a contracted wrestler. I need to point that out because Sherry Martel this week in 87, even though they classified as her first WWF match, she wrestled at least one time in 1982 for the WWF. In fact, I think I might have shared the uh, match last year. It was Fabulous Moolah teaming up with Sherry Martel in 82, and they defeated Penny Mitchell and Judy Martin. So Sherry appeared in the garden before for the WWF. Now, this did not happen in the garden, but this was advertised as Sherry Martel's first WWF match. Again, under a WWF deal. So now she was facing Fabulous Moolah for the women's title. Fabulous Moolah was the champion at the time. Remember the controversy not too long before this. Wendy Richter, the original screw job. The Spider Lady defeats Wendy Richter for the women's title. It's revealed to be Fabulous Moolah. If you remember my, my discussions on that, you know, there's a couple of things that bother me about that match. If you actually listen to it back and you listen to Fabulous Moolah, you know, because look, everybody says Wendy Richter had no idea that Moolah was under the mask and this, this, and that. I tend to disagree. For the simple reason that if you actually listen to the match and you hear Moolah making little grunts and groans and things, how would you not know it's her? If you faced her repeatedly in the past, you would know, oh, that, that sounds awfully familiar. So, But anyway, that's not about today. But my point is, not too long ago, Wendy Richter was screwed by the WWF. All right? She definitely did not know she was losing, but she got screwed. And you look at Wendy Richter matches in the WWF. Okay, not bad. Nothing spectacular. Well, we're in 87. Not too long after she's gone. I think it kind of lit a fire under her ass to really show WWF that they made a mistake letting her go. So as Sherry Martel is wrestling this week in 87 for the women's title against Fabulous Moolah, who was champion, in Trinidad and Tobago... Wendy Richter is facing Monster Ripper. Now, for those that don't know, Monster Ripper is also known as Rhonda Singh or Bertha Faye. They were wrestling to crown the World Wrestling Council Women's Championship. Now, some people call it the first ever champion. There's actually a little bit of dispute over the years that maybe uh, Monster Ripper and Richter had held the title previously, but can't find any defenses at all. But anyway, in 87 this week, Wendy Richter's face a monster ripper in Trinidad for the World Wrestling Council women's title. So at the same time, these two matches are going down. Now, I want you to hear about five minutes or so from Sherry Martel's match against Moolah. And then I want you to hear seven, eight minutes of Wendy Richter's match against Monster Ripper. 
yes, the commentary from Trinidad, a little bit different. It's not your well-known wrestling announcer, but it gives you an idea of a dramatic difference in style as far as WWF matches at the time and World Wrestling Council matches from Puerto Rico. I should also add that when Fabulous Moolah wrestled defending the women's title this week in 87, she was 64 years old. 64. So I present to you highlights. Sherry Martel challenging Fabulous Moolah for the women's title. Probably, I don't know, what would you say, uh, Mouth? Uh, I think that it had maybe a toss-up between her and San Martino as to who held the title the longest. Well, that's right. You know, Gorilla, somebody said that Moolah has been ladies' champion for 28 years. Can you believe that? Well, someone told me that uh, they remember that she won the title during the Roosevelt administration. <laughs> but, You've got to be kidding me, man. Well, only, only joking, Jerry, but she has held it. Uh, oh, my God, uh, it must be a at least 15 to 17 years would you not say you better believe it like i said before you know she's always ready she's uh, uh you know a great competitor really the fabulous moolah man she certainly is well she's got a work cut out for her for sure here in houston texas against sherry martell who really doesn't have to take a back seat to anybody well you know she looks pretty young she looks uh, pretty cool pretty confident Well, I think that, you know, uh, you remember what happened at WrestleMania 3. It was a little gathering of the minds there between the Fabulous One and the uh, King. <laughs> you better believe it. The King and Queen of the WWF, right, well, baby? Well, it uh, remains to be seen what comes out of that. Standing wrist lock by the champion, and Martel gets rid of her immediately with a hair pull, and Moolah complaining. It's usually the other way around. This is going to be a great match, man. Fight fire with fire. Referee Joe Morella picked for this ladies' title match. Another handful of hair, but this time by the champion, and it's Martel down on the canvas. You can, you can just feel the excitement, the anticipation in the air. Nice move by the fabulous one. You know, Snap Mare using a handful of hair. You know, Moodle's definitely no pushover, is she, baby? Absolutely not. A lot of people over the years have thought that she was and found out differently in a hurry I don't know there's some guys I know of that wouldn't uh, think twice they'd have to think twice about getting you're one of them well, don't be, I knew you were going to say that gorilla see so you try to humiliate me every time I get on this program with you man I'm not humiliating you it's the brain that's doing that no are you trying to say that Moolah can, can whip the mouth of the south well, that I, trying to say? that's a fair statement yes oh. Hammerlock by the champion swinging her around takes her down to the canvas with it 
And look at how she's ramming that, pulling it out away from the body. That's where all the pressure comes from. Rula really measuring her now, going to work. Got that left arm barred. You know, doesn't bend that way. <laughs> you, better be, you know, look at Lula. She looks in great shape, man. If anybody looks out of shape, this Martell looks a little out of shape. Well, Lula trains constantly. Of course, as the ladies' champion, you have to train constantly. That's right, for 28 years, baby. 28 years? Did that's you? what, 28 years, man. That's what the record book says. Oh, 28 okay. years. As the champion. That's right. You don't but think... not consecutive years. Of course not. You no. don't think I'd come out here without knowing something sitting next to the great Gorilla Monsoon, well, do you? remains to be seen. <laughs> you also made a few remarks to me that you had uh, Bam Bam Bigelow locked up, but that didn't prove to be true, did it? Well, you know, let me tell you something. I I've got some different strategy on that. Maybe I didn't need him in the first place. Well, maybe the brain has him. The brain may be right. No. Even, even though he called you a little twerp, it doesn't matter. He called me a twerp? Absolutely. Oh, nice knee lift by the champion, challenger in trouble, here in Houston, Texas, Rilla Monsoon at ringside, oh, headbutt, haven't seen her use that very often, Martel, Sherry, reeling in pain, there's another one right between the eyes, you know, Gorilla looks like Lula's off to a quick start tonight, baby. Well, she certainly is, and I think she'd like to put every challenger away as quickly as possible at this point in her career. She looks tough. She's always tough. Look out. Little slingshot here. Whoa! Champion went flying. Head first. Going to see another one by Sherry. And once again, Lula on the receiving end but right into the ropes where she knows she'll be safe. You know, she looked like one of the flying Walenda sisters there, didn't you? You know the Walendas. Well, no, I've heard you talk about them oh. before. Yeah, well, we've got them, the flying Walendas. That's another blatant choke by the challenger. Both of these ladies pulling out all the stops here with the gold on the line, the coveted ladies championship of the world. That's right, what a break for the Sherry Martel, man. A slingshot, turn around is fair play. And Morella warning both ladies about their behavior. Certainly wouldn't want to see a disqualification here. Lula unloads with another right hand. Champion really measuring the challenger now. And right out the other side and down to the concrete once again. Things not looking too well for the challenger. I think, well, I think the Sherry Martel's made the fabulous mood a little hot. Boy, she knows how to hurt you out there, that's for sure. Be surprised if Sherry can put it together and climb back in, although she's attempting it, and Mula right there to stop her. Up on that top rope for a little additional leverage. Look at this, slams her back in. Oh, look at that, Sherry Hooker takes her over. It's on, oh, it's unreal. History's been made here. Unbelievable. History made here in the Sam Houston Coliseum. and look at this, she's going after the referee. It was not a quick count or anything of that nature. I just think that Mula got a little bit overconfident and look at this, Sherry gives her a shot with the belt. Unbelievable history making history. Texas. History, Gorilla, we're on history, baby. Wow, a new ladies world champion, Sherry Martell, here in the Sam Houston Coliseum in Houston, Texas. 
You can't believe it. I'm shocked. This is unbelievable. Everybody's in shock as the gold raised high overhead. The new champion and Moolah still out there bitter. And now I give you from Trinidad for the World Wrestling Council Women's Championship, Monster Ripper versus One Director. We are at the National Stadium in the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. Over 20,000 fans. Here she is, Wendy Richter, one of the finalists. And there, from Canada, big monster ripper, over 200 pounds. Referee from Puerto Rico, Mr. Jose Colon. The fans are excited. The winner of this match will be the World Wrestling Council Ladies Champion of the World. And here, Monster Ripper goes to attack Wendy. But Wendy, Cutter coming in. And even before the referee displayed the championship belt, both ladies are going at it. Referee Jose Colon trying to push the ladies aside so he could present the belt in the middle of the ring. Like is the tradition in tournament championship matches or in championship matches. Monster Ripper from Canada, aggressive, dangerous. She's going for Wendy as the referee Jose Colon is displaying the world's ladies belt body tackle down went wendy and there is the boot look at those big powerful legs of monster ripper the monster ripper from canada against wendy richter we are in the republic of trinidad and tobago over 20,000 fans at a national stadium this is the big main event the winner will be the new World's ladies wrestling champion of the World Wrestling Council. These two ladies have been competing around the world, defeating top lady opponents in the ring, and they have managed to make it to the finals. This is it. Only one could win. It remains to be seen who's going to do it. Wendy steps on the hand and arm and drops that leg across the arm of Monster. There she hooks the arm, puts pressure on the arm. Monster Ripper in trouble. Look at this move. Punishment on the part of Wendy to Monster. Her leg well stamped on the back of Monster. Both arms. And look at this move by Monster Ripper. Taking over. On Wendy. And now it's Monster Ripper who's in control of this match. Wendy gets hit against the top turnbuckle. Monster Ripper gets hit too. Wendy kicks away on big Monster Ripper. Forearm shot down goes Monster. And Monster Ripper goes outside the ring. And here are the fans excited in the stadium. Wendy signaling to the fans that that Monster is a chicken to come back into the ring. Referee Jose Colon pushing back Wendy. Wendy stomps away on Big Monster. But don't count out on Monster. She could take some punishment. Here comes Wendy. Down to the canvas goes Monster. Monster Ripper. And look at the way Wendy is being picked up by Monster against the turnbuckle aggressive. This lady from Canada, Monster Ripper, picks up Wendy. Double chicken wing suplex. Goes for the count. Wendy bridging out. Look at that move by Wendy bridging out. But now Monster Ripper 
lands with her body right on her stomach. Those 200 or more pounds of Monster Ripper. Aggressive over Wendy. Wendy in pain as the monster drops the leg around the throat area of Wendy. Excitement at its best here in the superstars of the World Wrestling Council are many bent. As Wendy and Monster are going at it. Full steam power. The winner will be the world's ladies champion of the World Wrestling Council. Look out, Wendy sends the monster outside the ring, but here she goes. Fire in the eyes of Wendy, fire in the eyes of Monster Ripper. They both want the belt. Only one could win. Wendy controls Monster. She throws Monster back into the ring. And here comes Wendy. Monster Ripper inside the ring. Shoulder tackle. Twice. Monster Ripper puts the boot to Wendy. And it's Wendy now in trouble. Monster Ripper throws her into the ropes. Wow, clothesline by Monster on Wendy. She goes for the cover. Wendy bridging out, kicking out. But Monster Ripper right there to follow through. She picks her up by the hair. Wow, I got you. Wendy, Wendy down into the canvas. Monster throws Wendy head first against the top. Turnbuckle. Aggressive match that we're watching. As you may recall, Wendy Richter at one point was twice the world's ladies champion of the World Wrestling Federation. And recently, she's been recognized by the National Wrestling Federation as the world's champion. So this is a big match for her. Wow, look at that kick by Wendy. Down goes Monster Ripper. Here comes Wendy. The count by the referee, Jose Colon, one second. Wendy hooks Monster Ripper. Monster Ripper in trouble now. Wendy gets punched in the back by Monster Ripper. Watch that shot by Wendy. She is coming, firing out with all her power. Wendy kicking away, using her knees also. Monster fights back. What a close match. They both want the victory. Only one could win. The World Wrestling Council's title on the line. Everything could happen. And Wendy grabs both boots of Monster Ripper and slams her into the canvas. Wendy now choking away on Monster Ripper. There's no secret that both girls, both ladies hate each other. They have been in tremendous bouts. This is the one to decide it all. Monster Ripper picks up Wendy by the hair. Double chop, cross chop to the throat area. Monster Ripper sensing a victory. Picks up Wendy by the hair. The fans are excited here at the stadium. And Monster putting all her weight on top of Wendy. Wow. Monster Ripper, so impressive, so mean. Look at that, using her body with tackles to the body of Wendy. Monster Ripper takes Wendy, throws it to a turnbuckle. Here it comes. Monster Ripper, nobody home. And Wendy stomping away on Monster Ripper. Monster Ripper goes outside the ring. 
And here it goes, Wendy. Wendy from Abram lands with a double. Shot to the back of Monster Ripper. And she throws Monster Ripper in. Shoulder and head first into the ring post. The fans love it at the stadium. Wendy and Monster delivering tremendous shots. Wendy getting the best now on Monster, but Monster, she fired back a devastating cross karate chop. Now Monster throws Wendy to the ropes. Wendy leapfrogs over Monster Ripper. A body tackle. Watch this move by Wendy. Tries to pick Monster up. Finally does so. Now Wendy, body scissors on Monster Ripper. Monster Ripper asked by the referee if she surrenders. If she gives up, Monster Ripper says no. Wendy keeping control of those body scissors. But it's Monster Ripper now who is in control as she lives. Wendy, look out. Wendy tried to fight back, but Monster Ripper too fast. And right off the bat, she goes kicking on Wendy again. Monster Ripper takes the head of Wendy and hit her against the turnbuckle. Now she throws it into the ropes and body tackle using all her weight. She sends Wendy down into the canvas. She, she signals for victory. Wendy in trouble. Monster Ripper grabs her by Wendy's long hair. She's hooking Wendy. Wendy's trying to hook for dear survival. She don't want to go in the hard way. Wendy blocking, she is fighting like a cat. Monster Ripper, she doesn't want to let Wendy escape. And now she hits Wendy against the top. Metal, green post. Wendy being picked up by Monster Ripper. Wow. Body slam to the canvas, and here comes Ripper. Wow, but Wendy able to move out of the way. Monster Ripper hit the canvas hard. Wendy Richter cradles. Here she cradles Monster Ripper. She's got a hook too. Three seconds. She has done it. She has become world's champion one more time. This time representing the World Wrestling Council. Wendy Richter, a happy lady. 20,000 fans are on their feet, applauding. I'm telling you, Wendy Richter, one of the most underappreciated women in wrestling over the last 35 years. Yes, we all know about the Rock and Wrestling Connection. Yes, we all know about the Cindy Lauper stuff. Yes, we all know about the screw job. Yes, we all know that. But as far as her wrestling ability, I'm telling you, she had some awesome matches at that time. Yeah, was it five-star matches? No. But she showed that she had a hell of a lot more talent than what was showcased in the WWF. Just totally different product. I mean, you hear the stories about the World Wrestling Council at this time in Puerto Rico, how insane the matches were. And by the way, I should also mention that the referee from that match was Jose Calon, the father of Epico that's been in the WWE, the uncle of Carlito, and the uncle of Primo Colon. There you go. 1989, Great American Bash. Now it's an individual event. Baltimore, Maryland. By the way, tonight's show, good thing about it, not too many pay-per-view results. 
It's interesting. This week didn't have too many. There's some, but not as many as previous weeks. So anyway, the two ring, King of the Hill, Battle Royal. Dan Spivey and Sid Vicious beat Brian Pillman, Wild Bill Irwin, Eddie Gilbert, Mike Rotunda, Kevin Sullivan, Ranger Ross, Ron Simmons, Rick Steiner, Scott Hall, Scott Steiner, Steve Williams, and Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Brian Pillman over Bill Irwin. The Skyscrapers over the Dynamic Dudes. Jim Cornette over Paulie Dangerously in a tuxedo match. In a Texas Tornado match, the Steiner Brothers over the Varsity Club of Kevin Sullivan and Mike Rotunda. For the NWA TV title, Sting and a great Muda. It ended in a double pin, so Sting keeps the title. Lex Luger retains the United States title, defeating Ricky Steamboat by DQ. In a War Games match, the Road Warriors, the Midnight Express, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, they defeated the fabulous Freebirds of Jimmy Garvin, Michael Hayes, and Terry Bam Bam Gordy, and the Samoan SWAT team. And the main event, an awesome match. For the NWA World Heavyweight title, Ric Flair defeats Terry Funk. This is not the legendary I Quit match, but it's still a great match nonetheless. But the news coming out of this match, I shared it last year. After the match was over, a wild fucking brawl took place. They brawled into into the, the, the rafters in the back. I mean, it's just an outright brawl. Sting got involved. The great Muda got involved. And it was just, a, a, and it went on for about 10 minutes. It just was a nonstop brawl. Very, very entertaining. Um, you watch this match, and then you watch what happens after. Uh, just a, a really awesome way to end the Great American Bash. 1993. Monday Night Raw. Not, nothing major happening. Alexandria Bay, New York. And uh, out of nowhere. During the uh, beginning of Raw, we had Bobby the Brain Heenan um, introduce who ended up making his WWF debut this night back in 1993. What you do, McMahon, is your business, but when you get into the ring, speaking of business, what's this man doing here? Wait a minute! He has no business here. Do you know? Do you know who that is? Do you have any idea who? Do you have any idea who that is? Yeah, I, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jim Cornette. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't get carried away. I've never seen Bobby Heenan so delighted. What is this? Ah, oh, look at this. A reunion. Bobby Heenan and Jim Cornette from Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't believe this. I do not believe this! Do you know who this is? Do you have any, any idea who this man is? Now quit it! I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna talk right now! You listen! Relax! I'm gonna talk for you! This, ladies and gentlemen, this is the greatest manager in the history of the sport of wrestling! Yes!
Tell me, Jim, what is going on with Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Let me just explain for all you genetic defects out here living downstream of the nuclear plants. <laughs> Jim Barnett has done everything in his career. I've done everything in professional wrestling. I've traveled coast to coast, border to border. I've managed the greatest tag teams in wrestling. The one thing that I haven't done is appeared in the World Wrestling Federation. I'm here to do that now because I finally have my knockout blow. A year and a half ago, I settled in the Great Smoky Mountains down there in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I became involved with the hottest wrestling promotion in the South, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and I formed, I handpicked a tag team guaranteed to be the piece de resistance, the cream of the crop, the greatest combination that I have ever managed. None other than the heavenly bodies, the Doctor of Desire, Tom Pritchard, and the gigolo, Jimmy Del Rey. And they are, without a doubt, the object of every American woman's desire. Talk about surprises! You never cease to surprise me, Jim! That's exactly right, and I'm full of surprises because I got another one! What? I'm here in the WWF for one reason. Because, like I said, I manage the greatest tag team in wrestling, the heavenly bodies. They have dominated Smoky Mountain Wrestling for a year and a half, and now I hear you got some big fish up here. A couple guys called Rick and Scott Steiner. That every, yeah. Oh, boy. Cornet Wrestling. Well, they're the WWF Tag Team Champions. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, but they're not the best tag team in the world. The heavenly bodies are. So what I'm saying, Rick and Scott Steiner, now I'm ready for the knockout blow, the only step I've never taken. You've got a challenge on your table, Steiner Brothers. Either you can get in the ring with the heavenly bodies, defend those belts, get beat, of course, but at least these people will know that you had some guts and, hey, it's no disgrace getting beat by the best. Or you can just overlook my challenge and then every single one of these people will know that you're yellow, stinking dog cur cowards. And I know you are. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is gonna set the World Wrestling Federation on fire. And Jimmy, you're the man that can do it. You're here. You're really here. Now, as you heard Jim Cornette mention Smoky Mountain Wrestling by name, that was one of the stipulations, well, part of the deal of coming in. You know, Smoky Mountain Wrestling was still a promotion. I don't think there was any uh, thought or discussions of closing it down at this time. So Jim Cornette wanted to reassure his fans of Smoky Mountain Wrestling that the promotion's still there and he's not going anywhere. So that's why they allowed him to mention that. And Cornette, you know, made a, a big impact right at the get-go. You know, getting involved with the, against the Steiners, managing the Heavenly Bodies, then the whole thing with Yokozuna, and, and it goes on and on and on. Cornette and the WWF at that time was pretty damn good. And speaking of pretty damn good, I don't know why WWE is taking so long to put back episodes of Superstars on their channel. It's not like they have to dub over music and shit like this. They only have like one year on the network right now. I think 1992. This week in 94, such an awesome match took place. Sadly, the footage online, the audio is Shangata. I don't have the match in my collection. I wish I did. And again, I don't. if WWF just would put you know, 1994 superstars on the network, we could get to see this in pristine quality. It's a very important match. Bret Hart defending the World Wrestling Federation Championship on WWF superstars against Bob Backlund. 
not only was this a decent match, it went on for about 25 minutes. It's not something you would normally see on a Superstars episode. You would not normally see a WWF Championship title defense on Superstars. And what's cool about it, too, is on this episode, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler are on commentary way before they were a regular duo on Monday Night Raw, solo duo. So this week in 94, you have Bret Hart defending the title against Backlund. But something else went down during this match, something that nobody expected. I know I didn't expect it. And after it happened, we didn't even know where it was going to lead. And, you know, looking back on it, I honestly feel one of the greatest heel turns of any babyface, clean-cut, milk-toast babyface wrestler in history. Bob Backlund turning heel. I don't think anybody in their wildest dreams ever thought he would transform the way he did. And to this day, he still does it. And it's so good that countless fans can't tell if Backlund is just nuts or if he's, you know, pushing a gimmick still to this day. Trust me when I tell you, I was a huge Backlund fan at the time. I got the opportunity to meet him in 2000, and I have followed him his entire career. Bob Backlund, one of the most intelligent men ever to be in the squared circle. The guy is not nuts, trust me. Here is the closing moments of that match and what transpired afterwards. Backlund going behind Waistlock, trying to turn Brett over to a fitting situation as both men roll outside here on the floor. It is to Backlund's advantage to get the champion back in the ring. He cannot win the title via a countout or disqualification of that matter. He's got to pin the champion or make him submit. his hand. 
the ride that time. Another high impact maneuver there, focusing on the lower back. Don't make me 
rebounded, King. I don't understand what has happened. Well, you're half right. But I can tell you this. He don't know what has happened either. Bob Backlund leaving the ring, going back to the locker room. And his, his fans are certainly disappointed in Bob Backlund. 1995, WWF has the second ever in your house. The Lumberjacks took place in Nashville, Tennessee. Skip over Aldo Montoya. The roadie over the one, two, three kid. Men on a mission over Razor Ramon and Savio Vega. Bam Bam Bigelow over Henry O. Godwin. For the Intercontinental Championship, Shawn Michaels defeats Jeff Jarrett to win the belt. For the tag titles, Owen Hart and Yokozuna retain the belts, defeating the Allied Powers of British Bulldog and Lex Luger. Lumberjack match for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. Diesel retains, defeating Psycho Sid. You have Bret Hart over Jean-Pierre Lafitte. And The Undertaker defeating Kama in a casket match. And by the way, those last two matches were actually dark matches. It wasn't part of the pay-per-view. Next night on Raw, this man made his WWF TV debut. Not in a match, but a promo. Your attention, class. Your attention. Thank you. Definition. Knowledge. The sum of what is known. The body of truth. Information and principles acquired by mankind. The fact or condition of knowing something with familiarity gained through experience or association. The acquaintance with or the understanding of a science, art, or technique. Knowledge. Dean Douglas. Dean Douglas. The personification of knowledge. Those in the World Wrestling Federation fraternity are certainly going to know what it's like to be graded much like you each knows that feeling down deep in the pit of your stomach after you spent the evening plagiarizing a term paper after you've sat in class and taken that test after looking at your neighbor's paper indeed those superstars of the world wrestling federation will be graded by the person, the only person that has the knowledge to do it accurately. There will be some superstars here in the World Wrestling Federation who will get the same feeling in the pit of their stomach when they receive the grade that they know is coming. They may hope for an A, in all likelihood, they'll receive an F. Until next week. Class dismissed. Ah, yes, Dean Douglas. Love it. Same week, 1995, Middletown, New York. The Steiner Brothers make their ECW debut. Now, as a tag team. 
A lot of people think that the Steiners debuted in ECW this week in 95. Rick Steiner actually had appeared before. In fact, Rick Steiner's appearance in ECW, his initial appearance, was a very big deal. You might remember the time, I think we covered it earlier this year, where Sabu no-showed an ECW event. It was a very big deal because it was supposed to be uh, a tag title match, a three-way dance. In fact, I think I have that tape of my collection. I, and I even think it's called the three-way dance. But what happened was Sabu was supposed to team up with Tasmaniac. He went to Japan instead. Paulie fired him uh, live at the show on the mic. I mean, Sabu wasn't there. And then all throughout the night, the crowd was chanting, fuck Sabu, fuck Sabu. You might remember that. So filling in for Sabu, replacing Sabu for Tasmaniac's tag partner was, in fact, Rick Steiner. And that night, Public Enemy beat the ECW tag champs, Chris Benoit and Malenko, and Rick Steiner and the Tasmaniac to win the titles. So that happened earlier in 95, but this week in 95, the Steiners as a team made their debut, Scott Steiner making his debut. They teamed up to defeat Dudley Dudley and the Vampire Warrior, who you better know is Gangrel. And, uh, you know, I think that matches on uh, ECW... Was it Extreme Warfare Volume 1? I don't know, but I know WWE did a re-release of Unreleased Volume 1. So you could see it. Not a bad match. 1996, NWO formed, you know, very short period of time, couple of months. Well, you might remember back then, the following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Remember that? They would do that announcement, and then they'd have like a 20-second clip. Buy the shirt, buy the shirt, buy the shirt. Well, this week in 96, they had their first ever quote-unquote paid announcement. And as you will hear, went a little bit longer than 30 seconds. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. People are wondering who's going to be next. Don't call us, we'll call you. Yeah, it's invitation only there, chicos. Well, you talk about the money. You talk about beating people up. Well, it's a new world order, and I hope it's okay because there's nothing you can do about it. That's right. Power, fame, <laughs> money, and now our own corporation. You know, think about it. N-W-O. We're new. We're taking over world championship wrestling, and we're giving all the orders. It's the new way. Is that okay, Billionaire Ted? You don't like it? Come and fight. Is WCW even going to fight or are we just going to take it? We make the choices. Wait for the call. <laughs> you know, billionaire Ted, with all of Ted's horses and all of Ted's men, you're not going to be able to put the WCW back together again. I see it like this. Everybody wants to know who is next. Look at the third man we deliver. Everybody wants to know who's going to be four, who's going to be five. Is it another outsider? Or is there somebody right in the CNN center? We don't need you. We don't want you. We'll take you when we want you. These WCW guys, this Sting and Lex, they got soft. They living in Billionaire Ted's Country Club. Take a look at us. We have to fight, scratch, and claw for everything we got. And boys, 
You want us, don't sing it. Great. We call it Armageddon. The Genesis has begun. It's a new beginning, the beginning of the new world order. And on one given night, as you two amigos destroy the top talent in the WCW, the giant shall crumble and fall at Hulk Hogan's feet. The preceding announcement been paid for by the new world order so we get that paid announcement same night was the infamous attack i guess you could call it uh the nwo on various wcw wrestlers now i don't want to spend too much time on this because the attack that went down it went for like 30 minutes you know what had happened was you had sting Randy Savage and Lex Luger, they were going to take on the horsemen, Ric Flair, Steve McMichael, and Chris Benoit. It went to a no contest. They stopped the match because they were told that something was happening outside in the back. WCW wrestlers were being attacked. So the match ended. It just abruptly ended. Now, Unfortunately for the live crowd, you didn't have Titan Trons all over the place so they could actually witness what's going on. So the live crowd was not happy at not being able to see a lot of the stuff that was going down in the back. And again, this went on for like 30 minutes. But there was one particular moment that everybody always remembers from this attack. I'm going to share with you about three, four minutes of what went down and uh, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Flair back in the attack once again, 13 times. He's been the heavyweight champion of the world. And there's a roll-up. One, two. Will he become a part of the new world order? 
Who can you trust? Or can you trust anyone now? Don't, don't trust anybody, but again, look at the style. Flair goes over to his corner, tags Benoit. It's Benoit in there. They keep him Sting in trouble. They got him down. That's a trademark of the horseman. Get him in trouble, keep him in trouble, keep him in your corner, and beat him. Benoit stomping the leg of Sting. Sting in major amount of pain here, and they have focused on Sting. They have focused on the leg. They have kept in their corner, and the four horsemen looking as sharp as we've ever seen here. Oh, a snap suplex. Yeah, nice snap to it, too. Benoit. Oh, come on, ref. Two count. That's all he got. Quit complaining, Larry. I mean, it was a pretty good count. I never liked Patrick anyway. He's hey. a jerk. He's consistently good, as all the referees are. Trying to put him into a Boston Crab, getting a half crab on that time. Luger had seen enough. Nevertheless, tag made on the other side. Flair coming in. Nice save, but Sting couldn't make it to the corner. Flair to the attack again. Flair to whoa, the attack. Whoa, who just ran past? Jimmy Hart Jimmy just grabbed what, 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 what I almost nailed him. Don't run past Send a cameraman back there or not? Well, uh, okay. He said the outsiders were back the there. Who was where? He said the uh, the cameraman is going to the back. Apparently the outsiders are back there, and Jimmy Hart's up on the apron of the ring. Jimmy Hart is up on the apron of the ring, and this is not a Dungeon of Doom ploy. Yeah, this is not the place for a Dungeon of Doom. This is serious business here. Look at him. What's he doing? He's going berserk. He's trying to stop this match. He's trying to get anybody he can to help. And he's got the attention of Lex Luger. He's going to get out of there. They're going to nail him. Get out of there, Jimmy. He said we need help. Where are they going? They're going. Luger. Luger. Stick. Wait a minute. We go to the back. Arn Anderson down. There they are. They got baseball bats. The coward jerks. That's Marcus Bagwell. Wait a minute! All the all, everybody's left the ring here, and there's Rey Mysterio. Hey, he dove up. What? That's Rey Mysterio. There's the cruiserweight champion, Rey Mysterio. Oh no! Oh, head first into the trailer in the back. He threw him like he was a dart. Arn Anderson, the first man we saw down. All six wrestlers have left the ring. This match is going to be a double countout. What match? The Macho hey, Man. He's on the. The Macho Man is on the limousine. Trying to get the sunroof. Oh my God. I don't know if we can. The Macho Man is grabbing through the limousine. I told you he's nuts. And people this are standing is, here. I don't, this is too much. Where's all the security we had here? All right, let's listen in. Let's just. There's Mysterio. There's the American males are getting. Oh my God. Serious injuries. Eddie! And we have to take a break? Eddie, what happened? All right, let's, let's take a break. What's he saying? What's he saying? This is a four! Oh, there's three! Oh, there's three! Oh, there's three. Oh, there's three. Oh, there's three. Oh, there's three. 
You know, you actually look at the match results from that night. Hacksaw Jim Duggan over Mike Enos. The Steiners over High Voltage. Eddie Guerrero over Big Bubba. Rey Mysterio was supposed to face Guerrero, but Rey was attacked, so they filled in Big Bubba instead. The Giant was supposed to face Arn Anderson. He got attacked, so the Giant took on Greg Dama Valentine. The Steiners, I said, defeated High Voltage. They were supposed to take on the American Males. So they had all these substitutes, and the whole night, that's what they got. A big-time attack in four matches. I'm not complaining. I actually enjoyed the episode that night. I felt bad a little bit for the live crowd, but blah, blah, blah. 1997, like I played earlier, Bret Hart, full-blown anti-USA mode. Cut that infamous promo calling Pittsburgh, you know, where you stick the enema or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, something also happened that night in 97. Uh, Nitro's doing pretty damn good. Not only are they kicking ass, but you got awesome luchadors in that company. You know, Psychosis, Juventu Guerrero, Conan, La Parca, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho. It goes on and on and on. So WWF thinks, okay, we need to have some type of a light heavyweight division also to kind of offset what is happening in, in Nitro. Do I think they were trying to, you know, one-up WCW with their cruiserweights? No. But I think they wanted to, you know, reap a little bit of the rewards that the fans were really into, this luchador, high-flying matches. So this week in 97, WWF decides to showcase their own light heavyweight division. And this night, they decided to have a match between high fly. No disrespect to these two guys. But on Nitro, you got those luchadors that I just mentioned and a lot of other light heavyweight superstars. WWF decides they're going to have their own light heavyweights. Devin Storm versus Ace Darling. Light heavyweight division, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Ace Darling ripped to the buckle. And Devin Storm moving right in. Light heavyweight action. Whoa. And conspicuous by his absence in light heavyweight action here tonight is a gentleman by the name of Brian Christopher. That's right. Too sexy. What are you wasting time with morons like this in the ring for? You want to see light heavyweights? All you need to look at is Brian Christopher. He's the best. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I think you would uh, take exception to that, perhaps. Well, he's good. Uh, yeah, he's great, as a matter of fact. Uh, he's even better than his dad. Oh. Hey, I popped up. Come on. Come over. Devin Storm. Devin Storm. Devin Storm. Boy, that was a quick matchup. Yeah, that clip went about 40 seconds. That's what WWF was thinking. And you remember they brought in, I think it was Scott Putzky to be in the light. Oh, man, it was god-awful. I don't know what they were thinking at that time. 1998, I don't know what WWF was thinking after this match went down. We're getting close to the finals of the brawl for it all. You know, we're down to the final participants. And Dr. Death Steve Williams, I'm sure you all know by now over the years that he was the favorite to win this thing. There's been a lot of talk over the years that the idea was that, you know, once he won Brawl for it all, that he was going to take on Steve Austin and have a little bit of a feud. And, you know, remember, these were legit 
boxing matches. They weren't staged. So it wasn't a guarantee that Dr. Death Steve Williams was going to win it all. But because of his background, because of how tough he was, they felt there was no contest. Dr. Death, in the end, would win the whole thing. So he advanced up until now, as did Bart Gunn. So this week in 1998, on Raw, we have Dr. Death, Steve Williams, taking on Bart Gunn. And this is what happened. Clean breaks. I'll give you five seconds to break. If you do not break, I will deduct five points. You will see five points for the most punches landed per round. Five points for a takedown, ten points for a knockdown. There is a mandatory eight count. Gentlemen, go to your corner and the bell rings come out. Good luck. Well, certainly uh, on a night where championships will be decided, the tag team titles and the intercontinental title. New tag team champions, Austin Undertaker, to defend a little bit later here tonight. We are on our way to define, find out who's going to win the brawl for all. And uh, Dr. Death looking to take down a Bart Gunn. I think he did it. Break it. And that should five, be a takedown right there for the doctor. Bart is a left-hander. He's won a lot of tough man contests. He's a tough, he's 6'5", about 280. Break it out. And break I think, it out. It, it, just on, in looking at this, I think Bart has a little bit of reach on Dr. Death. Dr. Death obviously coming out, going to go for a lot of takedowns here. If Bart can keep him at arm's length with break some jabs, telling you, Bart's going to he's going to go a long way here. Dr. Death was a four-time wrestling All-American at Oklahoma University. Played four years for the Sooners in football. 20 seconds. Coach Barry Switzer and Doc. One downstairs in the body, hammers away. And again, oh. Bart looking for that big left hand. Doc. Big shot by the Doc. 10 seconds, Jonathan. 10 Somebody maybe go. Somebody may be going down in this one. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Good first round. One takedown by the doc. We'll have to get the Why judge's decision on who threw the most punches. Really? Take a look at the takedown that uh, Doctor Death earned in the uh, early going of the first round. 
Doc looking for a single leg there. And uh, control the tank down. Five, that's five. Watch this punch right here. Right under that right hand and then a miss. Here it comes. Well, no, I thought that was the uh, one that Dr. Death landed right on uh, Bart's jaw. He landed one and staggered Bart there for a second. Get it out. Get it out. Again, a, a takedown. Earns you five points. The most punches landed in the round is also right, five break points. It, break it, break it, come on. A knockdown earns you five. And obviously the match will end on a knockout. It doesn't Ooh. go the distance. Break it. Come on. Come on. Break it out. Break that it bar out. throws a hard left when it lands right on the side of your head or on your ear. A mark can scramble your brains with that left hand. There's no doubt about it. Doc's like a big That's bull. Come on. The stakes are high in this matchup, folks. In the brawl for all. Interesting tournament concept here that will be giving you more information on in the upcoming weeks. Bart want to keep his distance there and, and avoid the takedown, which is very smart strategy. Uh oh. Break it. Break it. In the rope. Five. Five. For take Bart. down for Bart. That's five. That's it. So uh, takedowns are one and one here. So I would say unofficially that the third and decide this third round is gonna is gonna be the make or break it. That's right. See how you gotta do it? You see how the punches count? Huh? Take, Take a look back at some of the action in the second round here. Here was that big shot right there by Dr. Death. But then uh, Bart came right back. That was a surprise here. Right, Bart came right back with this big takedown. Doc was not expecting a takedown by Bart Gunn. Good strategy by Bart. Now do it, son. Do it. You want to fight? You got it. Unofficially, right now, Dr. Death is leading for this is unofficial. This is not for, this is kind of like the Dr. Harold Letterman version of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the points here. Well, third round, I think third round, this is going to be it right here. Somebody, win or lose right here is it. Mark Gunn may be behind unofficially, but he can win this thing here in the third round. Well, I, on, I guess it. I made a mistake on, earlier. I said One, you get five two. points for the most punches thrown. It's most punches landed. And I think Dr. Death has Break landed it. the biggest bombs here. Two, three, let him out. Let's go, guys. Keep it going. Bart is really, uh, really left-handed there. Now, that's Break not it. a takedown. That was a, no, it's not oh, a takedown. I don't think so. That is not a takedown. You gotta control the athlete to get him down. Now, uh, this takes, that's, a yeah. that's a takedown. That's a takedown. Five points. Uh-oh. Okay. Could have injured Dr. Destiny right there. 30 seconds, gentlemen. 30 seconds left. When you go for that, I think Dr. Destiny is injured. When you go for that single leg takedown like that. I think that Dr. Death's leg was hurting.
His legs weren't under him, but then that guy oh, was able to land those punches. Look, Dolph was fighting that third round. Oh, right there, right there. Green Street. Oh, a left hand. A left hand all the way. Hey, these are these guys are out of their element here. It's not wrestling, it's not fighting, and when you put a you put gloves on a wrestler, it uh, really takes them into a unique environment here, and Dr. Death really got his uh, bell rung there. Uh, he's up. Uh, he's, he's been tagged before. You don't become a four-time All-American and, uh, and not get your bell rung. You don't win every fight that you're in, but I will assure you that he will live to fight another day. Oh, yeah. This will just make a guy like Dr. Death mad. To say that WWE was thrown off guard with this is an understatement. But listen, just pay attention to the crowd. Everybody tries to portray, because this was Vince Russo's idea originally, that it was absolutely horrible. Yes, it sucks that so many wrestlers got injured because of the brawl for it all. I don't think anybody predicted that. What can you do? It was completely voluntary. So a lot of the participants... Hey, they wanted to try it. They wanted to try to win some legit prize money. They thought they could. That's why whenever somebody says to me now, oh, who do you think is, you know could kick blah, blah, blah's ass in real life? Or this, who's tough in the WWF right now? This, uh, I don't give you an answer. I know there's a lot of goofs out there that will. I, the reason why I won't give you an answer is because what you see on TV and what someone does in real life in a fight with instinct is two totally different things. Someone who is a scary, tough motherfucker on camera and could be a legitimate badass motherfucker outside of the ring, but you don't know for sure. Unless you've heard, you know, stories of them beating people up and, you know, just being a real... That's different. But to turn around and say to me that, do you think blah, 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 blah could take on blah, 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 blah in a real fight? You don't know. You, you don't know. Now, Bart Gunn, he was a tough son of a bitch as well. But I don't think anybody in their right mind thought that he had any shot against Dr. Desi Williams. And he, he beat him, knocked him out. Now, we go to WWF In Your House 23, Fully Loaded. Fully Loaded wasn't an individual pay-per-view name yet. It started, I think, the following year. But uh, it happened the same week in 98. Val Venus over Jeff Jarrett. D'Lo Brown over X-Pac. Farouk and Scorpio over Justin Bradshaw and Terry Funk. Mark Henry and uh, over Vader. By the way, take a note of that, uh, that match I just said. Farouk and Scorpio over Justin Bradshaw and Terry Funk. Terry Funk and Scorpio were, were fighting together up until this point. So it was very interesting to see them two on opposite ends. And it was an entertaining match. Mark Henry over Vader. DOA over the LOD. You had Owen Hart defeat Ken Shamrock in a dungeon match. Dan Severn was a special guest referee. Two out of three falls match for the Intercontinental Championship. The Rock and Triple H, they ended with a time limit draw. After 30 minutes, it was tied one-to-one. No overtime. Jacqueline over Sable. It was a bikini contest with Jared King Lawler as the master of ceremonies. Who else would be? And the main event, a tag team match for the WWF tag titles. Steve Austin and The Undertaker win the belts, defeating Kane and Mankind. 1999, a little surprise for Edge. WWF was having a house show in Toronto, Canada, the day before fully loaded pay-per-view. 
Ken Shamrock was originally supposed to be on that show and take on Jeff Jarrett for the Intercontinental Championship. Jarrett was the champ at the time. Ken Shamrock couldn't make the event because of travel issues. So they decided to put the hometown boy, Edge, in the match against Jarrett. Now, I don't know if Edge is a hometown of Toronto, but Edge is from Canada. So they put Edge against Jeff Jarrett. And, you know, the urban legend, and I, I'm, I'm, look, I, I don't doubt that Edge probably has talked about this over the years. He was not aware that he was going to win the belt that night. Some people have said that he didn't even know he was winning until the ref actually hit the three count. I don't know about that, to be honest with you. But Edge won the title, did not expect it, his first ever title in the WWF. Unfortunately, only lasted a day. You know, obviously, I don't think that title change was expected, even if Shamrock was going to be appearing that night. Because the next day, WWF had fully loaded from Buffalo. Match results, Jeff Jarrett re regains the Intercontinental Championship, defeating Edge. So Edge's first title reign ever in the WWF lasted one day. So what? The Godfather over Meat Christian over Viscera. In an Acolyte Rules match, and later on, we kind of have, like, Acolytes rules again. We'll share that audio a little bit later. But for this night in 99, Acolytes win the belts, defeating the Hardys. For the European Championship, D'Lo Brown wins the belt, defeating Midian. You had uh, Big Boss Man defeat Al Snow for the hardcore title. You had um, Big Show over Kane. Ken Shamrock over Steve Blackman in an Iron Circle match. Road Dog and X-Pac over Billy Gunn and China. This was for the rights to G Generation X's name and a gimmick, I guess. Fully loaded strap match to determine number one contender for the WWF Championship at SummerSlam. Triple H defeats The Rock. And in the main event for the WWF Championship, first blood match. Steve Austin retains the title, defeating The Undertaker. And there were a couple of stipulations from that night. First off, obviously, if Austin lost, he'd lose the title. But also, if Austin would have lost, he would have never been able to get another title shot for the WWF title. Yeah, a little far-fetched. The other stipulation was if Undertaker lost, Vince McMahon would be banned from WWF TV, would not be able to appear on TV anymore. Since Undertaker lost, Vince McMahon, bye-bye. It lasted about two months. Back on TV. 2000, fully loaded, takes place from Dallas, Texas, Mixed tag match, the Hardys in lead over Test, Albert, and Trish Stratus. Taz over Al Snow. For the European Championship, Perry Saturn wins the belt, defeating Eddie Guerrero. For the tag titles, the APA defeat the champions, Edge and Christian, but by DQ, so the belt did not change hands. For the IC title, Val Venus retains, defeating Rakishi. Undertaker over Kurt Angle. In the last man standing match, Triple H defeats Chris Jericho. And the main event for the WWF Championship, The Rock retains the title, defeating Chris Benoit. Another stipulation, if The Rock was disqualified, he would have lost the title as well. Same week on SmackDown. Look, it's a visual, not really audio, but funny skits going down. This was to intensify the feud between Stephanie McMahon-Helmsley and Trish Stratus. Stephanie goes to the back. One of the offices, she opens the door, 
She finds Triple H showing Trish Stratus some wrestling moves. Remember that one move where it looks like he's giving Trish doggy style and the door opens and Triple H has that, you know, shocked look on his face? That happened this week on SmackDown. A lot of people don't remember the skit that followed. Later on, Triple H was showing Stephanie the same wrestling moves that he was showing Trish. And while he's helping her, showing her the moves, he accidentally calls Stephanie Trish. Stephanie, pissed off, walks out. Funny skits. Same week on Nitro, Lance Storm, who was the U.S. champ at the time, took on Big Vito, who was the hardcore champ at the time. It was title versus title. Winner take all, I guess you could call it. And Lance Storm beat Big Vito. So now Lance Storm was, as people call it with Becky Lynch, Lance Two Belts. In fact, not too long from now, next, what, week or two, Lance Storm will win a third title and actually hold three belts in WCW at the same time. A lot of wrestlers over the years had multiple championships at the same time. Was well, it just Becky Lynch, everybody? And that's not a knock on Becky Lynch, just make it a point. 2001. Kurt Angle and Booker T trade WCW heavyweight title wins. Reason why I bring this up is because of Booker T's catchphrase. What does he always say? Five time, five time, five time. Wouldn't shouldn't he say that five times? But anyway, five time, five time, five time. WCW heavyweight champion. Well, this week in 01 was that fifth and final win for the title. Same week. Talk about back to the future. What WWF had in their minor league system at the time, it's almost like WCW should be happy that they were out of business by then because just picture being a live fan in attendance, not even realizing the history that is going to be made by some of these stars and on TV, the main roster. WWF, OVW had an event this week in 01 in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Some of the matches are available online, not all of them. But check out the names on this card, who many of them have not even debuted on the main roster yet. Brock Lesnar over Leviathan, uh, Dave Batista, Molly Holly over Victoria, David Flair over Dean Malenko, Jerry Lynn over Josh Wilcox, Rico Constantino and the prototype, John Cena, over Randy Orton and Bobby Eaton, and Team OVW of Mark Henry, Nick Dinsmore, Damager, and Rob Conway defeat the Revolution in a War Games match. That's a fucking awesome card, man. 2002. The one and only time these two men faced each other in the ring one-on-one. -on -one. Took place on Raw in Greensboro, North Carolina. Ric Flair takes on The Rock.
SummerSlam against the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. But tonight was a match that The Rock wanted. The Rock wanted this non-title match with Nature Boy Ric Flair for the privilege, for the honor of stepping in the ring in North Carolina, in Greensboro specifically, against the Nature Boy. This is something, JR. This place is electric. I tell you what, I've known Flair for over 20 years, and there's a there's a lot of the rock that has a, been a derivative of his years watching Flair. <laughs> the confidence. Look at the rock, though. I mean, this is a, a different look on the rock's face right here. The rock could beat Hollywood Hogan at WrestleMania. Now has the opportunity deep in North Carolina to take on Ric Flair. Flair 16 times, former champion for a nice arm drag takedown by The Rock. And another deep arm drag takedown. They're taking The Rock. High elevation, a back body drop, and the, and the veteran got to got to regroup here a little bit. I'll tell you what, I don't know what else could, could happen here tonight. We have started a program with the, the Un-Americans, the tag team champions, Christian and and Lance Storm, along straight, with Tess, straight from SmackDown, right, so shocking us all, defecting from SmackDown to Raw. We saw the big show almost in Trish Stratus's career, and that meant from Bubba Dudley, Trish would have been, she'd have been devastated on that table. Oh, Rock now. Yeah. Comes back with an arm drag, yeah. on. Yeah. and Flair with three arm drags on the Rock, and the Rock now. Regrouping here somewhat. He's styling and profiling King. Doing a little strut there. We got a new hardcore champion tonight. We got a new intercontinental champion tonight. We do there. That rabbit Wolverine. And we still don't have a medical update on on uh, May Young. May and Mula abused by those two monsters that Bischoff sicked on them. Put Medicare and Medicaid out of business for treating her tonight. What about what those un-Americans did to the Undertaker, the original American badass? But who put Shawn Michaels through that car window? That's that's the old sixty-four thousand dollars. You know what? That could have been the un-Americans as well. There have been a lot of people, a lot of folks out there looking around for the more than an interesting bystander does. Point of view, I would assume. As the Rock forces the Nature Boy back in the in the corner. You know, I saw the Big Show out there. Could have been the Big Show. Oh, look out! Look at that shot! Oh, the Rock! The Rock connecting the player in that corner, and the fans here not too pleased with that. This is again Rick Flair country. He cut his teeth here in North Carolina, and the Rock putting the page out of the crowd. Flair crowd here tonight. Oh, look at Flair. He's outside. He's going to give it. Take it right to the rock. Oh, oh, oh. Flair the right hand. And another right on the outside. He went 
gentlemen, though, both men have a great deal of respect for each other. So much so that The Rock wanted this match. I don't think The Rock wanted this match to show his respect yet. He's shown very little respect to Ric Flair so far, JR. I think The Rock just wanted to beat Ric Flair here tonight, right for the Ric Flair's hometown fans. And Flair back heel trip. Flair, the master of figure four, Leglock. We have seen this sequence of moves on many occasions, so apparently happened to comes up with a clothesline, the rock up quickly, the undisputed champion. Oh, this is the Maybe the rock is sending a message to Brock Lesnar. I've seen this side of the rock before. He's got a mean streak in it. That's good. Hey, hey, right hand by the rock. That's where trying to pull himself up. Kind of like a man with a mean streak, JR. Shot that was. Tell you what, King, this is this is all about competition. It's been all about competition all night long in a large sense. With two new champions crowned. The defection the of the Un-Americans and now the Rock. He just sent waiting on Rick Flair. Come on, just bring it, Flair. Rock, baby, look at the Rock bottom. And look, oh, trying to grab a front face lock, but he got a spine on the pine. And the now going to get it. Now Flair's going to really get it. Here goes the people's elbow pad. The most electrifying move in sports entertainment history. People down on Ric Flair. What? Wait a minute. Flair counter. Flair low before Rock came down. Flair looking for the figure four. Rock kicks out of it. Double leg kick up by The Rock. And The Rock. Oh, wow. oh, no. oh, the Rock's got a submission move himself. That's not respect. There's a sharpshooter. No respect whatsoever. The Rock with a sharpshooter on no. Ric Flair. The king is the no. It's a rock no. competition. No. Again, stepping over, hooking those ankles, oh. and now trying to go behind Fair with a thumb to the eye. That's why he's the dirtiest player in the game. Deep. Stop that look. Hard shot. And now Flair, he's looking for that figure four. How did he get it? The third time. He got it. Flair with a figure four on the rock in this non-title match. The rock in the center of the ring with nowhere to go. And the master of the figure four has that submission maneuver locked in. Summer Slam!
and not the match or main event for the belt. Respect. Woo! That was something, JR. I thought Flair had the Rock in big time trouble. And then Flair strutted right, as, right into the Rock bottom. Like, oh, the Rock, what are you thinking about here? Flair walked right. He's like walking into a right hand by, by Mike Tyson. Hey, but you know what? Flair said he, he had a big announcement to make after this match. Well, that's right. You can only imagine what that could be. There's the hand. The people's uh, hand. Friendship and respect. That's about competition. That's what Raw's about. Athletic competition. Look at Ric Flair raising the Rock's hand. From perhaps the greatest champion in the eyes of many of all time, Ric Flair, to the man, the man, the undisputed champion, the Rock. A competitive, respectful main event. How refreshing is that for once? Same week. Ring of Honor crowns their first ever heavyweight champion. Now, some people are always under the impression they crowned their first champion on their first show. They actually were having shows since February of 02. I believe this was Ring of Honor's fifth event already. But for the Ring of Honor title, it was a four-way Ironman match. You had low-key defeat Christopher Daniels, Doug Williams, and Spanky, Brian Kendrick, in a four-way 60-minute Ironman match to become the first ever Ring of Honor champion. Now, they had, you know, some special stipulations. Uh, whoever won a fall got two points. Whoever was defeated lost a point. There really was virtually no falls during this match. There might have been three, I think, at, at most. Um, it's not a bad match. It is available online. Uh, highlights of it, I should say, because Ring of Honor doesn't ever allow, like, full matches online. So if you want to see some clips from it, Go check it out. 2003, WWE has their Vengeance pay-per-view. Remember last week with John Cena's promos taking the piss at the, the... Well, this was leading up to this match. Denver, Colorado, Vengeance. Ultimo Dragon over Chris Canyon. For the vacant United States Championship, Eddie Guerrero wins the belt, defeating Chris Benoit. Jamie Noble over Billy Gunn. For the WWE Tag Titles, the world's greatest tag team of Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin, they retain the belts, defeating Rey Mysterio and Kidman. No count-out match, Sable over Stephanie McMahon. Undertaker over John Cena. Mr. McMahon over Zach Gowan. In the main event, triple threat match for the WWE Championship, Kurt Angle wins the belt, defeating Brock Lesnar and the Big Show. Now, one match I left out, I'm going to share with you now. I said earlier we kind of had like an Acolytes Rules match. Well, on this card, they had the APA Invitational Barroom Brawl. Basically, this was in the back of the, the, uh, the stage area. They set it up to look like a bar. They had all these uh, participants in the match. And I guess you win by being the last person standing who can drink. Everybody else is knocked out. Now, participants in this match... You had Brother Love, the Brooklyn Brawler, Chris Canyon, Chuck Palumbo, Conquistadores number one and two, or uno and dos, Danny Basham, Doug Basham, Doink the Clown, Farouk Funaki, John Hennigan, Johnny Impact, Johnny Nitro, John Morrison, Funaki, Johnny Stamboli, Shannon Moore, Nunzio, Matt Capitelli, Orlando Jordan, Matt Hardy, Sean O'Hare, Spanky, and Easter Bunny. And go look back at this, Easter Bunny. Looks an awful lot like the bunny in uh, Adam Rose. Remember that whole storyline? Crap. 
So anyway, here you go. The reason why I'm sharing this is because the commentary by Taz and Michael Cole is fucking hilarious. Enjoy it. Just drank three beers on the you way down You may be wondering, boys, what are the rules? It's real simple. And listen up. There are no rules. The last man drinking wins. We're going to test your toughness, and we're going to test your liver. And before we start, may I suggest a toast? You see, some like beer, and some like grass. But if you stand in this bar, we're going to kick your ass. Well, plain and simple. Now let's commence it. Now, hold on there just a minute, brothers. Before any commencing goes on, we're going to have us a, a little commencement benediction, if you will. So what I need for everyone to do is to bow your heads and close your eyes is oddly now now excuse me brothers apa you see i understand this may be your little party that you've invited us to and all but just because i love you doesn't mean i like you so what now, now, although I, I understand that the two of you, when you were little, little baby acolytes and all, made two fine altar boys, yes. But uh, from the looks of things tonight, fellas, you've blown it. Whoa. So shut up, shut your eyes, and bow your heads as I lead us in a message of love. For we are gathered here tonight to show love to our fellow man and to turn fear into blood. And I stand before you all and I ask forgiveness, forgiveness, Forgiveness for Vegas. Oh, well, I think things are underway. Here we go with the APAZ. First ever barroom brawl. And you know, you're only going to see this on SmackDown. SmackDown's first ever pay-per-view vengeance. Look at this the butt is getting his ass whooped. I love it. <laughs> well, Spanky was just dancing in the Fashion Brothers. Hi, <laughs> oh, Spanky. Thanks for crashing the party. Look at Dyke Oh, he just slipped on the beer. Well, he's up there in age, you know, but 
like Brawler. No, he's a, he's a you know, neighborhood guy. Get the last man drinking wins. That's right. They're going to test your liver and your toughness. So, uh, did you give a guy a liver shot? Pull some beer on him. Hey, what a shock. The referee is also the bartender, Mike Sparks. <laughs> The head of Palumbo. Well, you're not going to see many, you know, headlocks here and front headlocks and suplexes. Sean O'Hare just punched the Easter Bunny in the head. That was great. Oh, Dork and uh, Brawl. I'm sure Dork's beat Brawl a few times. They're in their Dork just went through the window. And, uh, I think Brawler did too. Uh, no, Brawler's just standing there. Um, let's see, uh, it looks like Bradshaw's going to abuse Canyon. Canyon's in trouble. Now, Kodaki just hanging out at the bar drinking. Bradshaw, what's Fanaki doing? How do you throw a punch when you're real drunk? I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of drunk now. I'm drinking beer. Oh, man! I wonder if he thinks uh, he's drinking so sake there. Uh, no, that's not sake. I know Fanaki's drinking sake. What's Sean O'Hare doing with the pool juice? Oh, that paper mache hurts. What is he? What is he? Uh, what's Sean O'Hare got? Oh, man! That's a pool cue. The martial arts background of O'Hare. Uh, those cues in half. Using those bad boys like the kendo sticks. Richie, a wild jumping, pressing kick. By O'Hare, this is a bottle snapping. Sean O'Hare is cleaning out the bar. Rolled on glass. Kind of looks like a, uh, like Steven Seagal. Did you see that? That Shannon Moore, that little epiphany, not a two-two follow-up. The brother love. with a face full of flowers. That'll take out O'Hare. Brother Love holding his own here. Sure as hell. They serve beers on it. Oh, okay. It's a bar, not a kitchen. Well, that was a flying stool. Uh, kitchen sink. Well, out of what? They don't have cookies in the bars? Oh. Only on SmackDown, ladies and gentlemen. You ever had a cookie? You ever had a girl in the bar? That's why. You eat cookies. I like tomatoes. And look at Matt Hardy. What is he doing? Look at Bradshaw. Farouk is wearing a dark one. And then Danny Basham. The other Basham stood out. Sets in an attitude here. Doing it up. Wow! Oh, Matt Hardy's got that back man those TLC matches. He's going to go for it again. He's going to make sure that he, uh, he's going to put those points for that table. Basham and Canyon. Canyon's crushed. It's a cake there. He's going to clean up that mess. Not me. Don't look at me. I'm not going to clean up. I'm going to clean my own house. I'm not so people. He has not left the bar stool. Now look at him. He is wasted. Tanaki gets his back to Tokyo. <laughs> Save your strength, Bradshaw. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I believe. Look at Brother Love. Brother Love's up. What a good guy, Brother Love is. Oh, I'm just opening up a beer uh, for Bradshaw. Oh, nice the people at Brother Love. He's a, he's a you know, man of uh, the cloth, as they call it. <laughs> <laughs> Ring the bell! Ring it! Oh, wait, the referee was a bartender too, right? Well, Bradshaw was the last man standing and wins the uh, show. Uh, 
professional beer slugger. Drinker, Jack Daniels drinker, the whole gamut. You think this is going to become an annual thing? I don't know, we can only hope. It's supposed to see these rats are here looking strong, looking good. In his own element, the saloon. Same week, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. I know we got a lot of fans of that promotion out there. They had their first ever show. Now, if you don't know anything about Pro Wrestling Gorilla, go on YouTube. It's a uh, very unique content. Uh, just, you know, you see some of the stuff that Joey Ryan does. Understand that he was involved in the beginning of the creation of Pro Wrestling Gorilla. So you understand when you see some of the wackiness in Pro Wrestling Gorilla. It's not too far off from some of the stuff that Joey Ryan does. Now, look, was he grabbing his dick at the time? No. But still, it's a very unique promotion. It's not a bad promotion. Now, it's transformed over the years, but it was pretty, pretty damn good. Some match results from that night. You had AJ Styles in the main event over Frankie Kazarian. Uh, Adam Pierce, Alcatraz, and a hardcore kid over Billy Kim, Joey Ryan, and Scott Lost. Apollo Khan and Hook Bomberry over the Disco Machine and Mr. Excitement. Tar over Bobby Sim, Slim, Super Dragon over Matt Cross. Quicksilver and Scorpio Sky over the Ballad Brothers. Excalibur over Chris Bosch, Chris Mercury, Sarah Del Rey, and Superbad over Top Gun, Talwar, Zokri, and Ryan Drago. And uh, not a bad card. I mean, AJ Styles versus Kazarian, that match is online. It's not bad. And speaking of AJ Styles and Kazarian, one year later, almost to the day, we had them face off again. This week, it was for the X Division Championship. It was an Ultimate X match, and it actually was a three-way dance. Michael Shane versus Frankie Kazarian versus AJ Styles. Now, keep in mind, Mac Michael Shane and Frankie Kazarian kind of a cohesive unit so the odds felt a little bit stacked against aj styles who was the champion at the time and the problem is if aj styles lost if michael shane and frank kazarian are together as a team uh who's gonna end up winning the belt well here's what went down here's the closing moments from that match Shane in the ring is just trying to get back up to his feet. Michael Shane's up to his knee. Now AJ as well. As he's back up to his feet. You AJ know headed back into the ring. You look at all three of these guys, Mike, and you can see that they're not 100%. I mean, obviously, the, the big falls that they've taken for some reason, it's really taken their toll. And they're all just struggling to try to get up there. As AJ Styles tries to go, but Michael Shane realizes it and gets up there with him and fighting him off. That injury, these guys are crazy. That injury factor is one of the things that really goes hand in hand with the Ultimate X. When you decide to sign the contract to be in an Ultimate X match, you have to know about the danger involved. Look at this from Look at, the top oh, row. AJ just slamming his head up against the steel trash. Swinging on top of the ropes. Michael Shane oh, on the end. 
steel safety rail and then face first into the steel steps. Oh, man. Josie can't believe it. Her man, Michael Shane, who looks down, he looks out from what I can see here. Oh, absolutely. Did you see the force that gets he threw him into the rail? And then for good measure, he got him the momentum again and swung him back into steel steps. And now, oh, AJ went to go up to get it. AJ crashed in murder. Kazarian's got the back. Oh, AJ just in time gets up to bring him down. Desperation move by AJ, but it paid off. Oh, I'll tell you what, let's keep an eye on AJ Styles because he went up to the ropes. And again, you got to consider the sweat that's on your hands when you go up to the ropes. It's slippery when you jump up like that if you don't get a good grip. That's what happened to AJ as he fell. But he had the presence of mind to knock down Kazarian. Absolutely. And think, Don, about the ring ropes also. The sweat from the other wrestlers bouncing off the ring ropes will allow you to fall as well and slip on the ring ropes. What a mid-ring collision. Kazarian and Styles both over a cross-body block. Both connect. Both go down. As Michael Shane is still down in front of us, right there by the steel steps right here. Tracy's consoling him as you see the two guys in the ring. And there you see Tracy doing everything she can to get Michael Shane up and back in. He took a couple wicked shots, though. Focus back in the ring. From their knees, Styles and Kazarian with the slump fast. And AJ's going in AJ's favor right now. He's been kind of two-on-one. Now he literally has a chance of taking Kazarian on one-on-one. Look how smart Kazarian is. He doesn't fall for it. AJ finds himself up. Oh! Great move there by AJ. AJ might have missed the drop kick. Came back. Able to take Kazarian down. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Look at that. Look at that. That happened from the steps. I'm not surprised in the least. He went face first into the steel safety rail. Face first into the steps. Michael Sheen busted wide open. And AJ drops Kazarian oh, in the ring. This. You can see right there. Tracy, she's got the blood on her hands. Even poor Michael Shane. I don't even think he realizes where he's at. Blood. Oh, what a brutal match. Blood <laughs> flowing down the face of Michael Shane while AJ heads to the corner. Is he going to go for a move or is he going to go for the belt? I think he's going to try to get up there again, and he does. Take down the championship belt. You got win it. the match. Oh, wait a minute. Kazarian. Oh, oh he power bombs it down from there. How much can these guys take? How much can the body take? Perfect answer, though, for Kazarian. It really was the move that he had to make. Let's take another look. AJ close to the championship. Ooh. Powerbomb down to the mat by Kazarian. Now Kazarian, first up to his feet. Title hangs in the balance. X Division Championship, dead center above the ring. Who's going to take it down and oh, win the match? Kazarian going backwards on this one. Whatever works, it's only problem is, is you don't have the same balance that way. And you expose yourself to AJ, right. who's going to try and follow up. You see AJ trying to come over and fighting with him. And Kazarian gets his legs up there. And, oh, look at that. AJ just kicking away with it. AJ's got him in a Styles clap. Opportunity. Michael Shane's busted open. I don't know that he's got it in. Slowly, slowly, Michael Shane makes his way back in the ring. AJ up to his feet and now turns his attention to Shane. Oh, you know AJ Styles feels it right here. He's so close. Oh! He 
Shinsuke was going to go for some kind of a spin move. And Michael Shane caught him. Flush. Caught him direct. Caught him in the face with a super kick that was on target. But it, look what it did to him, Michael Shane. It was every bit of energy that he had to get that kick. And by doing it, you can tell the pain he's in. He caught himself and watch this again. Watch this. It's the last ounce oh, of adrenaline. Wow, did he catch that right on? That last ounce of adrenaline for Michael Shane connects with Styles, but he goes down as well. Watch all three men. First up, Michael Shane using the ring rough still looks wobbly. AJ back up to his feet. Michael Shane gonna try and climb the corner. Oh man, this is just crazy. AJ can't get up to his feet. Michael Shane has a chance right here to win this belt. As you can see, someone who's won it twice. Oh, he was so close! He's gonna clash him! Style clash by AJ on Shane! It's, it's not about a pin, it's about climbing! It's about making your way across the steel cables, and it's about taking that title belt down! And here goes AJ! Oh, well, wait a minute, no. Tracy's trying to break this up! She joins in to make it three on one. She gets the Pele. Watch AJ go. Here's his chance right here. He's up again. Trying to get the belt. He's so close. Wait a minute. Here comes Kid Cash. He's got one of the crutches. Oh, what just happened here? This is wrong. Kid Cash came from the back. That, that's one of AJ's crutches from AJ's knee. Kid Cash and Dallas came down. Wait a minute. Just wrong. It goes from three on one to Kid Cash joining as well. AJ Styles is out. He clipped him in the knee. AJ, AJ may have re-injured the knee. Michael Shane and Kazarian both hey, making their Who's going to get it? Who's going to take They're down the title? Fight for it. Both they men. both have it. Who's got it? Wait a minute. They both got it in their hands. What's it going to be? Referee Andrew Thomas. A decision has got to be made here. But what about the interference? Ladies and gentlemen, the referees, Andrew Thomas's decision, the winners of the match, and new co-holders of the X Division Championship of the World, Kazarian and Michael Shane. Co-champions? What? Co-champions? Co You've got to be kidding. Kid Cash proves the difference. Shane and Kazarian, co-champions, co-X Division title holders. I need to always stress closing moments when it comes to TNA stuff. Can't play things in their entirety. We don't want to piss off Anthem. Just Those were just highlights. So we had co-champions for the X Division title. Another match that went down that night, a lot of people really enjoyed this match. You probably have never seen it if you're a newer fan. And I'm going to share with you the closing moments of this match, You know, just the highlights. Can't, again, can't share the full match, but you'll get enough of it that you'll enjoy it tremendously. It was a number one contenders match for the TNA heavyweight title. I think Jeff Jarrett at the time was the heavyweight champion. So fighting for the number one contendership was Jeff Hardy against Monty Brown. I don't think they had ever faced off against each other in a ring before. And as you will hear, they work great together. Here's the match. Six-sided ring. 
And we are just one pounce away. There it is, right there. From allowing the alpha male Monty Brown to become the number one contender for the NWA World's title. Hardy fighting for his life, but he's still got an awfully long distance to go to get a rope break. Gonna try and fight through the pain of the STF. Yeah, he's gotta do something right here. He's gotta somehow, somehow break this hold for Monty Brown, or it's gonna be all over with. I mean, where he's at right now, Jeff Hardy has no chance. He's got to somehow get control. He's getting closer to the ropes. And he's fighting with everything he's got. He's got all of it. Ooh. Finally gets Rudy to the Rudy Charles trying to get him to break it off, but you can see Monty Brown didn't want to do it. Finally forced to break the hole. The alpha male then comes right back to the offensive assault. A series of boots to the back of Hardy. They're going to take him up by the head. Oh, look at this. He's got him right where he wants him. Jeff Hardy just... Could, could just, he be considering an alpha bomb here? Oh, no. This could be it right here. As you see Hardy trying to fight. We're going to fight back. Oh, wait a minute. Great talent there by Jeff Hardy. Able to snap off the hood of Kanrana. It was the perfect counter. It was the excellent move to make that time. Now Brown charges in. Hardy gets both boots up. Up to the middle rope. Jeff Hardy. And there he goes. This is the kind of of age. Connects off the ropes. Follow in attempt for a two count. I'll tell you what, that was a good try there by Jeff Hardy. He was so close, and that's what he's got to do. He's got to get momentum off the ropes. Something to where he can equalize the body mass of Bonnie Brown and make it in his favor. Shot off into the ropes. Hardy able to duck the clothesline. Oh, look at this. Caught no. in midair. Again, this is the advantage when you have this kind of oh, power. Oh, wait a minute. He's counter again. Oh, no. Took him up into the air. Powers him down to the mat. Both men crash down to the canvas. I'll tell you what, though. That was advantage Bonnie Brown. Is as you can see, Jeff Hardy, I think, was trying to catch the Hurricane Ron again, but he couldn't do it. You know, listen, go ahead, Don. I was going to say, whatever it was, it took a lot out of Monty Brown right there. You can see him on the canvas. You know, the sign says only one pounce away. But think about the upside for Jeff Hardy. Only one swanton away. If he's able to hit his finishing move, then Jeff Hardy would become the number one contender for the NWA title. Throw the alpha male gets to his feet first as he's pulling the kick, and he gets the out for the pounce right there. And he's going to set him up, Mike. Going to try and shoot Hardy off, but Hardy able to stop ah! and yes! stuns him out of nowhere. Alpha male. Can Hardy take it to the next step? Can Hardy capitalize on this opening? It's going to go looking for it as he's going up high. I'm guessing this one he do it? Jared. Wait a minute, Jared. Jared. Oh, he went to hit it. And Jared Yeah. 
by the alpha male on Jim Hardy. Safe Jim Jarrett. And Jarrett pulling the alpha male off of Hardy. He wants a piece of Hardy right here. As you see, wait a minute. Say Conan BG James run the truth killings. Jeff all Jarrett the bails ring. out of the ring. Head of security. The bails, I mean, the alpha male bails out of the ring. Security comes he in. He's the number one contender on tonight. He is the number one contender. Jeff Hardy's the number one contender. As Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, comes into the ring. You hear the dream. Right here, the next NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Jeff Hardy! You just heard him! Amen, Dream! Amen! He's proclaiming All right. as the new, yeah. as the next yeah. heavyweight champion of the world! Closing out 2004, a couple of things went down. I want to bring up, first off, we had an odd edition of Monday Night Raw. Two-hour episode, not three. Still odd, if you think about it. For the entire two hours, they only had two matches. First match was a battle royal to determine the number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship at SummerSlam. The uh, battle royal was won by Randy Orton. Very entertaining match. Last eliminated Chris Jericho. Uh, I had talked on the other shows not too long ago that during this match, I think Maven eliminated Ric Flair. But uh, it was a really, really entertaining battle royal. That was on Raw. The second match that filled up Raw that night was a 60-minute Ironman match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Chris Benoit retains defeating Triple H. Another outstanding match. You would think 60 minutes, there'd be a lot of you know milking of time. Not the case. They actually uh, had a great chemistry uh, go down that night. So if you want to go watch uh, a retro episode of Raw and just see only two matches from that night, there you go, this week in 04. Now on SmackDown this week, they had the storyline that Kurt Angle was fired as the general manager. So they were going to announce a new general manager for SmackDown. You know, basically a little bit of disarray going down in the ring because the U.S. championship at the time was vacant. So there were a lot of uh, combatants in SmackDown that wanted that belt. Billy Gunn, Luther Reigns, Rene Dupree, Kenzel Suzuki, John Cena, Booker T, Rob Van Dam. They were all beating each other up. It wasn't a match. They were all just beating the fuck out of each other at the beginning of SmackDown. Vince McMahon had had enough, came out, and announced the new SmackDown general manager. Little hint, he would stick around in that role for about nine years. Well, John Cena into the ring, and look at this! All hell has broken loose over the prestigious United States Championship! Oh, no doubt about it, John Cena wants his championship back after former GM Fernando stripped him to pull straight up rocket busted Downey Brook right now. Maybe the chance began and oh, oh, oh. fireworks are not over yet. No because here comes the boss. Oh man. And Mr. McMahon's got that look in his eyes. And that walk going too. Eight men are hammering each other in the ring, oblivious to the fact that the chairman of the 
Just a minute, player. I got news for you. You ain't accepting anything. Now I want to know, did I call your name? Did I ask Booker T to step forward? Well, let me say something, Booker T. You've been hating on SmackDown ever since you've been here, player. So I'll say this to you. Why in the hell should I give you anything? Now you tell me that. Well, let me, let me say something, Booker T. Here's what's going to happen here tonight. This is the land of opportunity. Nobody is going to give anybody anything. So what I'm going to do tonight, I'm going to make my first ruling. And that is, I will have, for the first time ever, an eight-man elimination championship match for the U.S. title. Wow! Wow, that's great! Wow! And you know something? All eight of you, it's going to be every man for himself right here tonight in Cincinnati. Now you better believe that. Mr. Long laid it down, Cole. An auspicious start for the new general manager, making major impact in eight-man elimination matchup for the United States Championship tonight. Funny segment from that night. If you want to go watch it, since Kurt Angle was fired, he went to the back to clean out his office. And unfortunately, 
he would find that all the stuff was gone. He thought that Teddy Long threw everything out. Wasn't the case. Somebody actually stole it. Eddie Guerrero hits the ring and basically reveals that uh, he stole all of Kurt Angle's stuff. And he says he's going to auction off on WWE.com like a picture. And he drew like a mustache on it. You can look at the synopsis week. You'll see a little part of it. He had gold medals, a title. There was uh, the old cast that he was wearing when he was in the wheelchair. The wheelchair itself. Very, very funny segment. Go check it out. Now, one year later, Eddie Guerrero, Monster Heel. Now, a lot of people always think that back then, Eddie Guerrero came in, heel, turned babyface with China, beloved, blah, blah, blah. Now, there was a little bit of a back and forth before that. Came in, heel, babyface, heel again, then babyface, and beloved. So, one year later, Eddie Guerrero's now heel again. And um, first, we had Great American Bash take place from Buffalo. This, unfortunately, was the last ever appearance of Muhammad Hassan in WWE. All that controversy that we've been talking about, it was going to culminate at the Great American Bash. Now, we all know, obviously, that The Undertaker defeated Muhammad Hassan at the Great American Bash. And this was a number one contendership for the title. But in case you forgot, you know, they did some uh, brutality to Muhammad Hassan, storyline-wise, after the match was over. And they pretty much made it sound like the guy was almost dead. So here's the closing moments of that match and pretty much what preceded after. Undertaker cleaned house with these sympathizers. Watch out, dead man! Undertaker ducks under the clothesline! Someone got boozled! Shot slam! Oh my god! There's the cut! Oh my god! Undertaker! What is the number one contender? He did it, Cole! Uh-oh. And here come the sympathizers into the ring! Oh my god! A five-on-one assault! Come beating on. the hell out of the Undertaker! This is... Get out of the This is shades of... Snapped Ned Devari over off of his body. 
destroyed everything around him in this rampage. But the Undertaker yet to destroy one man. That's Hassan, who's crawling away. Hassan just realized. Oh my God, Bert. This guy's. Hassan he's is begging. begging. He's pleading for mercy. He's trying to walk into the hand of the no. Undertaker. Oh, no, not on the steel rip. No, Taker. No, my choke slam. Contender, but now what the hell is he doing? What the hell? Oh, Undertaker. No, Undertaker. Ripping that, that steel panel out of the, out of the, the stage. What the is that? What is he doing? He just ripped the steel. I know. He picks it up. Panel I see out of the that. Stage. What the hell is he doing it for? Oh, no. Look at those eyes, Cole, man. This is not. What is it? Another one. You gotta, you gotta be kidding me He's here. He's got a... Like, this is like 200 freaking pounds, but this is a big man of steel. Taker's exposed this large hole in that, in that steel, that, that, that steel stage. Um, hot pole. Oh, no. Oh, I won't tell him. He's got... Oh, no. Oh, no. I hope he doesn't... Oh, not this. Oh, oh, no. This is not the ticket. Don't do this, man. Enough. Enough. Not, not this already. Oh, oh no. Hassan up high. You gotta be kidding me. Stop this. No, 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 no. God. A last ride through the stage. Concrete. Good God. I cannot believe what, what, we, what I, I we just seen, witnessed. I, I've never seen nothing like that in my life. I've never, ever. Undertaker. Oh, my God. Look at this. Look at this last ride. Oh, my God. Did you see the way that the Hassan's body flew? Devastating. Look at this. Here's another angle of it. Oh, my God. It's Hassan. It's eight feet up in the air. and devastating. Yeah, he's got to be broken. He's got to be uh, uh, busted. I don't know. We might not want to look at Oh my oh, god. god. Oh, oh my god, he landed on us. Hassan, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh my god, Paul. Convulsing after his body spine. was driven spine first into that concrete. Oh my god. Muhammad Hassan, he had, to, he had to hit the concrete so hard that, he hit that, that, that he's got to be broken in half. I, 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 I was like surreal watching this. Look at this. Oh my god. Remorseless. Let me take the The guy's look at his body's contorted. Oh my! Wow! Bodies everywhere. Watch the force in which Muhammad Hassan was driven to the concrete. Oh my God! Oh my God! I've never seen that like that. And then expressionless. The Undertaker wandering away from from the fallen body. the EMTs, and I, I do not believe that, that Muhammad, Muhammad Hassan has moved since... Uh, he's, he's, he's in bad shape. And he was driven by a last ride uh, under that concrete. His body contorted, broken. Uh, 
twisted skin and bones. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe Taker did it. And the, the, he was I, expressionless I, after he did it. I, I, you know, take another look. Watch the force in which which Muhammad Hassan is look, driven. Look at the velocity in the air. Watch his body. How fast he goes into that. Into that. Oh, look at this. Look at that. That's hitting. That girdle, that steel thing, whatever's underneath the, uh, and the body. And then the concrete underneath it. That might be like a pyrotechnics thing or like... Uh, I, I believe Hassan's... Oh my God, yeah. there's a lot of blood. Hassan's been, been busted open, I believe. I don't think he's moved. I think he's back, out cold. It's the back of his head. Well, it has to be. Oh, look at the blood. And it's hard to watch. Sorry, very graphic, ladies and gentlemen, but... It, I don't know what to say here. Other match results from that night. You had Paul London over Nunzio to retain the Cruiserweight title. For the tag titles, the Legion of Doom of Animal and Heinerich over Eminem, Booker T over Christian. For the United States title, Orlando Jordan retains over Chris Benoit. As I said, Undertaker over Hassan. The Mexicals over the BWO. You have Rey Mysterio defeating Eddie Guerrero. We'll get back to that in a moment. Molina over Tori Wilson in a bra and panties match. Candice Michelle, special guest referee. Main event. For the World Heavyweight title, JBL defeats Batista, who is the champion, but by DQ, so the belt does not change hands. So now, we won't get to Eddie yet. First, we go to next night on Monday Night Raw. John Cena versus Chris Jericho and Fozzie, Battle of the Bands. Not too long ago, we had um, John Cena's CD come out. You know, Bad Bad Man, very entertaining music video. And at this time, Cena and Jericho are in the middle of a feud. So they came up with an idea to battle of the bands. John Cena, Bumpy Knuckles, Trademark, they were going to rap on Raw. And then Chris Jericho and Fozzie were going to perform. And the crowd, I guess, decides who wins the battle of the bands. I thought this whole entire segment was entertaining. And I thought John Cena, Bumpy Knuckles, and Trademark, they knocked it out of the park that night. The crowd seemed to have loved it. So here's what went down that night in 2005, Battle of the Bands. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. And what greater audience to determine which band is better than right here in the home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Cleveland,
among hot tunes to instrumentals. Cast out one line, it's like I several. I think it's funny you choose to yeah. progress yeah. and run in place to make it move. And I'll settle. I rip rappers and take responsibility for making future Hall of Famers look third rate. Y'all lost the words like conversation on your worst first rate. Ride beats, yeah. creep through side streets. You sleep, no pads, that's where rhymes leap. Uh, yeah. Put yeah. Yeah. don't yeah. even yeah. I got knees slapping tracks, y'all yeah. cruising yeah. the yeah. You a rhyme writer, buddy, man, yeah. that's a joke. You ain't worthy of being my secretary, yeah. man, that's yeah. a quote. I flood tracks, like right. cracks and bolts, and y'all rappers yeah. showed up. Johnny John boy, ooh. I gotta be honest with you, my man. I gotta be honest with you. That just plain sucked. Oh, man. Whoa. I mean, that was rotten, All my right, friend. Then, show me how it's done. Go ahead, ooh, do your thing. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I mean, stink a Rooney. It smells like someone stepped in a steaming pile of hot Cena tonight up here. Oh. All right, then, let's see what you got. Go ahead. But you know what the worst thing about it was, though, John? The Dude's fact out, is that all of these people here bought into what you were doing. They cheered for you. You actually... You actually fooled them, and that's because they're all biased. 
Just like I said, they're all a flock of sheep here tonight, and that is unfair. So why don't you bring out Fozzie? That's dude. unfair. You shut up and listen to me. That's unfair to me. That's unfair to my band. I have one of the greatest rock and roll bands in the world today back there waiting to come out. And listen, everybody's already booing them. Why? Not because of the band. It's because of me. Because they're biased towards me. I mean, if this performance was on MTV Live in any other arena other than right here tonight, People would be ready to chant me and my band's name just like 50,000 fans did in England at the Download Festival one month ago. Maybe they'd chant for you if you just shut your stinking pie hole and play your instruments, man. Well, you know what? Oh, yeah. You're just waiting to boo me, aren't you? See? See? You've already made up your minds. Well, here's the deal. I'm going to save you from booing me because... I'm officially pulling Fozzie out of this contest. What? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You got lucky, Cena, look at me. You got lucky, you win by default because you know why? These people here don't deserve to see my band play. They don't deserve to hear my band play. They don't deserve to see me perform tonight. Disappointing, but it's true. These fans don't deserve Okay, so I suck. You're biased, but I'll tell you what, Cena, you are going to get to see me perform. All of you can see me perform at SummerSlam. And at SummerSlam, John, I will beat you. And I will be the new WWE. Champion, because I am the true bad, bad man. So now we move over to SmackDown. Remember, Great American Bash, Ray Mysterio beats Eddie. Eddie was teasing a secret, wasn't going to say anything because he lost, but he lied. So let me just set this up a little bit. I didn't like the storyline at all. I know some people do. I didn't like it. On SmackDown this week, you have Eddie Guerrero in the ring. And then up the rampway, not only do you have Rey Mysterio there, but he's got his little son, Dominic. And Eddie Guerrero decides he's going to tell everybody a bedtime story. Is it true, Dad? Is it really true? Shut the fuck up. Once upon a time, in a land far, far away, lived a little boy named Dominic. Dominic, Dominic, Ray is not your father. No es tu papá, hijo. The truth of the matter is, I'm your father, Dominic. I'm your papi. Is it true, Dad? 
Is it really true? Serena, maybe it's you people. I know what it is. Ray, Ray probably didn't want to hear the rest of the story. But I bet all of you do. Chemo, get off your lazy and bring me the chair. Now let me get real comfortable Because it's Eddie's bedtime stories So let's dim the lights And I'll be very quiet like good little boys and girls Chapter 1 There was a time when me and my wife were separated. And I was going to a little local, partying, drinking, having sex with a lot of different mamacitas. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Well, one day, one of these came and told me that she was pregnant. I didn't want anything to do with that, Nino, and neither did she. I mean, come on, she already had seven of them. So I told her I would take care of it. Well, I was off making many, many babies all over the place. Ray and his wife were trying to do the same thing. Unfortunately, Ray was shooting a lot of blanks. So when my little bambino came into the world, out of the goodness of my loving heart, I gave my bambino to my best friend to raise as his own son. And that baby was named Dominic. Now, we never sent any adoption papers. 
I just handed my son to Rayana's wife. And well, let's just say they were very happy. They were living a beautiful life. All their prayers were answered. They were in paradise. So instead of me being daddy, I became Uncle Eddie. Man, that's a great story, isn't it? I mean, I feel good. Don't you? Oh, that feels great. I feel like a big monkey's off my back. Oh yeah, there's a big weight off my shoulders. Oh yeah. And Ray, if you think that was good, wait until next week and you hear chapter two. Oh yeah, I didn't like it. Sorry, I just didn't like it. 2006, WWE has Great American Bash once again from Indianapolis. Funaki over Simon Dean. For the WWE tag titles, Brian Kendrick and Paul London retain over the Pitbulls. Not the ECW Pitbulls. Jamie Noble and Kid Cash. For the United States title, Finley retains over William Regal. Gregory Helms over Matt Hardy. In a Punjabi prison match, and it ain't the first time you're hearing that tonight. Undertaker over Big Show. In a fatal four-way bra and panties match, Ashley Mazzaro defeats Crystal Marshall, Jillian Hall, and Michelle McCool. Mr. Kennedy over Batista. Main event for the World Heavyweight title, King Booker defeats the champion, Rey Mysterio. Same week, fun match. Not going to share it now. Too long, but you'll like it. John Cena and Ric Flair teamed up to take on Edge and Morrison. It's a great match. Go check it out. 2007, WWE signs Ted DiBiase Jr. to a developmental deal. Unfortunately, he's pretty much done as of 2013. I'm surprised that many years already. So, same week, you know, hey, WWE signs Ted DiBiase Jr., son of a Hall of Famer. TNA signs Pac-Man Jones. God-awful. Just god-awful. Look, I understand we learn now NFL, Tennessee Titans, didn't want him to do any physical stuff. How the fuck you book somebody to a contract and then give him a fucking tag title with, for people that don't know, our truth They were the TNA tag champs. Guy did nothing. Just a waste. Absolute waste. And that guy wasn't, you know, fucking, you know, altar boy outside the ring. Yeah, multiple violations of uh, NFL's conduct policy. Not a good, not a good camper. I haven't heard anything about him recently, which I guess is a good thing. Two thousand eight. You know, WWE last week announced that they were going to be PG. Now, the interesting thing about it, this was a big deal at the time because people were realizing, okay, no more bra and panties matches, no more over-the-top entertainment, WWE's going PG, blah, 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 blah. You know, others also felt, hey, WWE was great back in the 80s when it was PG. Yeah, maybe it's no different now. So we're now in the PG era. This week is the first week of the PG era returning for WWE. 
Interesting thing about it is if you go on the WWE Network, it's not until the October 6th, 2008, Monday Night Raw, that it's rated PG. Now, I did research. I went back and watched the original, well, not the whole thing, but a few minutes of the original broadcast of Raw this week in 08. And lo and behold, it was rated PG. This week in 08 is the first Raw with the PG rating returning. You go on the WWE Network, this week is rated TV 14. WWE Network is re-rating their footage. It was PG, and now they think it's TV 14. I don't, I don't fucking get them. I just don't get them. I, it's just, I don't get it. But anyway, in case you forgot, the first match of the PG era was Santino Morella and Beth Phoenix defeating D'Lo Brown and Kelly Kelly. Now, we were always used to the men and the women getting physical against each other in the ring. Even though Santino pinned Kelly Kelly, uh, there was no physicality. Santino tried to do an elbow drop. She moved away. The only thing that was physical that Santino did was a roll-up. But just to show you what they were, where they were going with the PG stuff, the talk after was, after the match was over, they did this skit in the ring where Santino wanted to kiss Beth Phoenix. She's looking the other way. For some reason, she's just standing in the middle of the ring, acting like, you know, like she's stuck in quicksand. Get the fuck out of the ring. Let the next match happen. I'm just joking. She's just standing there, looking pissed off. Okay. And Santino, with his fucking, almost like Dana Brooke with his fucking goldfish lips trying to get the kiss, she turns around to look at Santino. He looks the other way. Oh, I'm not doing that. I'm just looking in space. She looks the other way again. Santino tries to kiss her. She goes to look at him again. He turns up. Then she finally plants one on him. You know, kitty stuff, whatever. One thing that I forgot about the first week in the PG era was that same night they announced the new general manager of Raw. I honestly completely forgot that the first night that WWE was back to PG, they made this announcement of the new Raw GM. Isn't this how we started tonight? Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the new general manager for Raw. Mike Adamley. How you doing, Dave? General manager, come on, John. As general manager, I am proud to announce that at SummerSlam, it will be John Cena versus the animal Dave Batista. Good luck. Mike Adamley announced the same night 
Completely forgot about that. Same week, Diamond Dallas Page and JC, they come to a settlement. If you uh, don't know the deal, DDP had sued Jay-Z. DDP had his diamond cutter symbol trademarked since the 1990s. Jay-Z started using it. Had no idea it was copyrighted, trademarked. So Diamond Dallas Page sued him. They settled out of court. The rest is history. Blah, blah, blah. 2009. And we're going to wrap this up soon. A few minutes. 2009 Night of Champions takes place from Philly. Crime time over the Hart Dynasty. For the unified WWE tag titles, Jericho retained the belts, defeating the legacy of Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase. For the ECW Championship, Christian wins the belt, defeating Tommy Dreamer. Six-pack challenge for the United States title, Kofi Kingston retains, defeating Jack Swagger, Carlito, The Miz, MVP, and Primo. For the WWE Women's title, Michelle McCool retains over Molina. Yeah, Randy Orton retained the WWE Championship, defeating John Cena, Triple H, and Triple Threat match. For the Divas title, Mickey James over Maris to win. For the Intercontinental title, Rey Mysterio retains, defeating Dolph Ziggler. And the main event for the World Heavyweight Championship, Jeff Hardy defeats CM Punk for the belt. Same week on Monday Night Raw, this is right smack in the middle of their uh, weekly guest hosts. We had Shaq guest host Monday Night Raw. And I will always remember that night because of two, three sentences that Chris Jericho said to Shaq while they were in the ring. I thought it was funny. When I heard that the most dominant player in NBA history was guest hosting Raw, I automatically assumed it was Kobe Bryant. Two thousand eleven. Hey, we talked about it last week. CM Punk wins the WWE Championship, walks out of WWE. Vince McMahon fired. Triple H is in charge. So this week they have the finals of the match to determine the new WWE Champion, and Rey Mysterio would in fact defeat the Miz. Unfortunately, Rey Mysterio only held the belt for about forty-five minutes. Later on in the night. John Cena would face Rey Mysterio for the belt, and John Cena won. Match was fine. John Cena, you know, defeating Rey. But after the match was over, and there's a reason why I'm not sharing the audio. After the match was over, uh, some music hit. We had never heard this theme yet before for this particular wrestler. So we heard the music. We didn't know what it was. And then sure enough... You know, that said wrestler would come out. It was Living Colors cult personality. CM Punk would come out with the WWE Championship. Crowd went nuts. So then in the ring, you have CM Punk holding his WWE Championship held up high. And John Cena holding his WWE Championship held up high. And this would ultimately lead for title versus title. CM Punk back in the WWE. Again, I enjoyed his confrontation with uh, Triple H at Comic-Con. I enjoyed the whole storyline. I just felt it was rushed. Come back one week later, I don't know. But overall, entertaining, no doubt. 2012, 
WWE has their 1,000th episode of Monday Night Raw. Not bad. Same week. WWE doesn't acknowledge this date as his championship. They don't acknowledge it until August 29, 2012, which was the night it aired on television. So because that's the date it's recognized, we will celebrate it when we get to it. But it was this week in 12 that Seth Rollins beat Jinder Mahal in a tournament final to become the first ever NXT champion. So again, they don't recognize his win until when they aired it on TV, August 29th. So that week is when we will look back at it. 2014, just to show you how much I honestly not only didn't like it, but I didn't give a shit. I didn't even bother looking up the research. I'm sorry. But uh, Stephanie McMahon arrested on TV for slapping one of the Bellas who is sitting at ringside. Remember that god-awful stuff? Reading Stephanie, her rights, and... A little uh, curious, though. Never had a mugshot of Stephanie when she was arrested. We've had mugshots of a lot of other people. Not of Stephanie. Uh, Apparently, the deal is, is that because Triple H and Stephanie have kids... Already had, I think, two or three children. May have had all three by now. Um, they didn't want them to grow up and find a fake mugshot of Stephanie on the internet. I'll be totally honest with you. Although, if you think about it, it makes sense. You have to realize all of the footage of Stephanie that is available online over the years especially in the Attitude Era, and you're worried about a fake mugshot, I just thought that was dopey. You do a skit like this, you want her to be arrested, you know, you go balls out. You do everything. You don't fucking leave parts of it because... Now, yes, it's easy for me to say because maybe if I had children, you know, but hey, you're in the entertainment business. Oh, fucking well. You put yourself in a storyline where you got arrested. Oh, fucking well. If you're going to do, if you don't want to fucking do the mugshot thing, then don't fucking put yourself in a a storyline where you're arrested. I don't think the mugshot would have made any difference, but I don't know. I just find it tacky with all the shit that they've done over the years. (laughs) Mugshot online. 2015. We had, uh, John Cena beat Seth Rollins to retain the United States title. I don't know if you would call this a turning point as far as the fans, you know, cheering a little bit more for John Cena, but this was the match where Seth Rollins hit John Cena with an inadvertent knee, breaking John Cena's nose, that infamous black and white photo online where Cena's nose is all disfigured. You know, he had to get rushed to the hospital, obviously, emergency surgery, um, multiple fractures. That was really, really horrible to watch. But the fucking guy, you know, finished the match. Got to give respect for that. Something you don't have to give respect to. Nobody should ever dare give respect to it. Same week, Hulk Hogan busted for the racist tirade that was caught on camera, uh, was leaked out on the internet. Um, 
He was fired immediately from WWE, became a big-time story. TMZ went wild with it, all the, the news stations, and yes, deservingly so. You know, Hulk Hogan was an icon, celebrity, movie star, role model to some, and you have him on tape using the N-word and just, you know, saying, oh, you know, we're all a little racist. Not good. Not good. And then he immediately is on TV, uh, you know, bloodshot eyes, tearing up, apologetic. And at that time, a lot of people, including yours truly, felt that he was sorry for being caught. But again, this is years later, and a lot of people who are in the know, that actually work within the confines of WWE, that actually have had the opportunity to speak to him, um, they feel that, you know, redemption is deserving. Now, some people will never forgive Hulk Hogan. I'm not black. I can't feel that, you know, that hatred like that. So, you know, me, I always feel that people are redeemable, you know, obviously, uh, to a certain extent. You, know, you commit some heinous crimes, just, no, not redeemable. Um, it's not for me to forgive Hulk Hogan. He did a terrible thing. He insulted a lot of people. He offended a lot of people. Um, he has paid the price tremendously. Yes, he won a crazy lawsuit against Gawker. Let's not forget that. But still, that's going to haunt him for the rest of his life. Even when WWE uses him on TV, they are very, very strategic on how to use Hogan. They use him in areas where they know he'll get cheered, he'll get the most response. They put him out there for a very short period of time. I think for the most part, people have forgiven him. Some people of color have stepped up and said, this man is not racist. And, you know, some very, you know, worthy people of your attention. Still, a shame that that went down. And I, like I've always said, he got caught on tape once. Lord knows how many times that was said that wasn't caught on camera. But um, he's hopefully learned his lesson. Wrapping up 2016, WWE has Battleground from Washington. Brazango over the Usos. Now, Bailey. Makes her WWE main roster debut, teaming up with Sasha Banks. They defeated Charlotte and Dana Brooke. Now, I'm not going to share the match, but just to show you how the fans anticipated Bailey's arrival on the main roster, just going to play right now about a minute and a half of uh, the beginning when Sasha Banks was introduced. And then there's a little bit of a silence in anticipation of Bailey's music. Just listen to the crowd reaction. Who is Sasha Banks chosen to team up with her tonight against the women's champion and her protege? Legit boss. Built on self-success. Charlotte tweeted back. She's made a living out of brewing all and haters wrong. Bring them on. He said, haters are my motivators. If Sasha didn't need find somebody.
what I call a pick. This is a partner. Her tag team partner from San Jose, California, Dave. I hate to agree with you, Byron, because you're never right, but you are this time. This is one heck of a pick. Guys, Charlotte, Dana Brooke, and of course, Sasha know all about Bailey. As we mentioned, former NXT Women's Champion, in fact, uh, here in the nation's capital, they know about Bailey. Listen to this. Other matches from that night, as I said, Brazango over the Usos, the Wyatts over the New Day. Rusev Lee retains the United States title defeating Zack Ryder. Sami Zayn over Kevin Owens. Natty over Becky Lynch. For the IC Championship, The Miz, who was the champion, versus Darren Young, went to a double DQ. Backlund was in Darren Young's corner. Remember that? We're going to make Darren Young great again. I don't think so. Big Kaz, Enzo, and John Cena, they team up to defeat the club. AJ Styles, Anderson, and Gallows. Main event for the WWE Championship, a triple threat match. Dean Ambrose retains, defeating S.H.I.E.L.D. members, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Next night on Raw, Sasha Banks beat Charlotte to win the Raw Women's title. That same night, Nia Jax made her main roster debut. Finn Balor made his main roster debut. And another person made his main roster debut, unfortunately, in a losing effort, uh, at the time, obviously not under contract. That would change because of all the buzz behind his appearance. Remember this? The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Making his way to the ring, weighing 385 pounds, Braun I'm standing here with James Ellsworth, and James, no offense, but what in God's name are you thinking, stepping into the ring with a monster like Braun Strowman? What am I thinking? Having a match on Raw is a dream come true for me. I didn't know it was going to be against Braun Strowman, so yes, I'm nervous. Yes, I'm scared. But if I could somehow, some way, pull off the upset, because I truly believe any man with two hands has a fighting chance. I can only imagine what that may do for my career. Well, hopefully you still have a career after tonight's match, but uh, good luck, man. Did, did, did James Ellsworth say that he could pull off the upset tonight? I, I think somebody better notify Mr. Ellsworth next of kin because Braun Strowman looks like a nasty, mean monster right now, ready to do some serious damage. And James Ellsworth looks like Tweety Bird. <laughs> I think Ellsworth's quickly realizing exactly what he's in the ring against. Not who, but what. You talk about destructive forces of nature. You think hurricanes, tsunamis. Start thinking Strowman. This guy's a freak. Mountain of a man. Yeah, that might work. Oh, boy. Look at how big Strowman is. Oh, my God, like a sledgehammer to the heart. Well, I'm glad Anderson Cooper rejoined us up here at the commentary table. Great questions, Byron. Hey, he's just got hope, you know. Apparently, hope is dissipating. Oh, I don't think that hope's... <laughs> what kind of... If you don't believe in yourself, who else is going to believe in you, right? 
I guess that's one way of looking at it. Look at this man. Human carnage by Braun Strowman. Oh, no. Look out. Here comes oh, God. Had to reinforce the ring. I would rather take a nap on hot coals than have to deal with Braun Strowman. Why don't you go help out Mr. Ellsworth, Byron? Hey, you I'm needed here. <laughs> and it oh, my gosh. Oh, no, the reverse choke slam. So much for hope, James. Let's go, man. That didn't go too well. Here is your winner, Braun Strowman. Corey, I don't know how you stop Braun Strowman. I don't know if anybody on the planet Earth has an answer, especially look at the impact. Full speed ahead, and then a reverse choke slam face plant for Mr. Ellsworth. Look at the eyes of this monstrosity. Braun, Braun Strowman. And finally, 2017 Battleground Philly. Aiden English over Ty Dillinger for the SmackDown Tag Titles. The New Day win the belts, defeating the Usos. You had Shinsuke Nakamura over Baron Corbin. Natty defeats Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Lana, and Tamina in a fatal five-way elimination match. Determined number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Title at SummerSlam. For the United States Championship. Kevin Owens wins the belt, defeating AJ Styles. In the flag match, John Cena over Rusev. Sami Zayn over Mike Kanellis. And the main event, a Punjabi prison match for the WWE Championship. Jinder Mahal retains the title over Randy Orton. This was not good. We had the one and only return appearance for the great Kali. Got involved. Singh Brothers got involved. It just did not work. was not good. Notable birthdays this week. Those celebrating birthdays who are no longer with us. Happy birthday to Captain Lou Albano. Baron Miguel Sucluna. Bobby Whitlock. Freddie Sweetan. Mike London. Marvin Mercer. Paraguayo Jr. Luke Brown. Herb Calvert. The Mass Marvel. Gordon Hassel. Karloff Lagarde. Matt Bourne. Pitbull number two. Al Mantel. Pat McGill. Nelson Royale. Enrique Torres. Whipper. Billy Watson. Woody Strode, Vincent Lopez, Tony Canales, not Canales, but Canales, Rufus Jones, Tony Altimore, Skip Young, Dale Haddock, Nick Condis, Thunder Sugiyama, and Jay Clayton. Happy birthday to all of you. Betty Boucher and Earl Black turned 76. El Hasson turned six, uh, 72. Greg Gagne, 71. Butch Malone, 69. Rocky Santana, 64. Tommy Rich and Fidel Sierra, 63. Jumpin' Joe Savoldi and El Mexicano, 62. Romano Garcia, 61. Keith Myatt, 60. Al Perez and Mike Harris, 59. Cyclone Ramirez turns 58. Scott Steiner, Pirata Morgan, and Sonny Ono, 57. Bruiser Costa and Lioness Asuka and Carl Malone turn 56. Yes, I'm including Carl Malone. I thought he did great when he wrestled. Angel O. Demonio turns 55. Jeff Blatnick, 54. Buck Quartermain, 52. Triple H, Ultimo Vampiro, and Mike Segura turn 50. Pat McGuire, Cynthia Moreno, Infer Inf Infierno, and Pez Tigre turn 49. Bombero Infernal and Jaron Rose turn 47. Masanori Suda and Yukio Sakaguchi turn 46. Hide Kubuta. Tyler Sims and Chris Stevens turn 45. Tori Wilson, Ecstasis, Zonic Dosmil, and Spartan are 44. 
Zeta turns 42. Joey Diego turned 41. Shannon Moore, 40. Dolph Ziggler, 39. Jeremy Vane, 38. Karras and Matt Lorraine of 37. Roderick Strong, Scotty Vortex, and Sebastian Eros of 36. Hajim O'Hara turns 35. Tiffany Rocks, Jock Storm, and Cobra of 34. Pesadilla, Tony Harding, Kim Ray, and Punch Tominaga are 33. Zach Sabre Jr. and Melanie Gray are 32. Marty Scroll, Che Cabrera, Nick Madrid, and Melissa Stripes turn 31. Nick Jackson and J.J. Sanchez are 30. Angelo Dawkins, Tucker, and Sagat turn 29. Hangman Page turns 28. Carl Von Cage at 27. Sammy Guevara, Nom Dar, and Yoshiko turn 26. Prince Ahura turns 25, and Tessa Blanchard, Malcolm Monroe III, and Sky Fly, they turn 24. Notable debuts this week in history. Masato Tanaka debuted in 1993, Tyson Kidd in 95, and Bobby Dempsey in 2005. And finally, notable deaths this week, those who passed away this week in history. Joaquin Marietta died at age 87, Mickey Gold at 84, Jack the Ripper Daniels, 83, Carl Gotch, 82. Frank Jerez, 77. Lou Pitosia. Pitosia. Hey, Vinica Pitosia. Louis Pitosia. Rest in peace, my friend. 76. Chuck Conley and Danny Dusek died at age 75. Rita Cortez and King Toby Thomas at 73. Arthur Dominguez at 72. Gordon Soli, God rest his soul, loved him as an announcer. 71. Tor Kamada and Nikolai Volkov died at age 70. Mike Hall at 67. Wild Red Berry at 66. Ronnie Picasso at 63. Harold Sakata at 62. Kenny Mack died at age 61. Brickhouse Brown at 60. Kenny Arden at 59. Atsushi Honga at 57. Leo Panetsky, age 56. Bull Ortega died at 55. Jim Wright and Buck Weaver died at age 50. Dennis Carluzzo died at age 48. Brian Lawler, 46. Tim Frankenfield died at age 44. Sam Bass and Herb Abrams died at 41. Rhonda Singh talked about her earlier. She died this week at age 40. Frank Hester and Hercules Cortez, along with Pepe Lopez, died at 39. Freddie Sweetan died at 36. Scott Peterson at 31. And Kazavubu passed away at age 26. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed this week in wrestling history. Follow me on Twitter, at DonTonyD. The website, DonTony.com. Email me, DonTony, at DonTony.com. Facebook.com slash Show. Remember, I got a Discord channel going. Very, very lively, very active, 24-7. That's not a gimmick. We do have listeners overseas. While we're sleeping, they're up. And while they're up, we're sleeping. Wait, it's the same thing. While we're sleeping, they're up. And while we're up, they're sleeping. Yeah, that's more like it. And remember, patreon.com slash Don Tony. For as little as two bucks, you could sign up. Help us with the expenses of all the shows that we do. Uh, help keep some of these shows free for everyone. And in return, you get a boatload of exclusive content there. Sign up for one month. I promise you, you will enjoy your stay tremendously. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Everyone, be well. I will return Next week with Season 2, Episode 31 of This Week in Wrestling History. Take care. Ciao. 
Bet Saratoga from anywhere this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. Naira Bets players enjoy world-class HD live streaming covering races worldwide, instant replays, exclusive bonuses, and earn points on every bet. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Join today at nyrabets.com and make sure to use promo code SPA to earn your sign-up bonus up to $200. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. 